0: As surfers, we have a natural love for the ocean, being in the water and chasing thrills. Surfing and surf culture is at the core of Loose. We are a brand made for all-day thrill seekers, experience makers, and good time chasers. Inspired by the elements of surf that excite us the most, we create products begging for adventure, both into the water and out of the water. There's no stamp of approval needed to vibe with our tribe. So drop your inhibitions and get loose because fun feels better loose towels since 1991 caballero pools and spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family they specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price they will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at at earthpack.com. Colbyplus.com is a new brand from a very experienced crew in the wetsuit and surf industry, an independently owned and family run business. All of their products are made with the best in the world materials and they only sell direct. So you're getting a top of the line product for much less. Their wetsuit line Colby Plus Yamamoto uses Yamamoto number 39 and number 40 neoprene propriety jersey and what we believe is the best and most functional design and construction available. Their line of waterproof bags Colby Plus T-Zip feature completely water and airtight German made T-Zip zippers. They have a tight line of traction and leashes and will have board shorts on the way in the spring featuring Swiss engineered Scholler fabric. They are currently shipping orders to the US, Canada and Australia. For you Aussies and Canadians, unfortunately, the shipping isn't free. ColbyPlus.com finless skateboard company to honor our predecessors of surf shapers we wanted to make sure that our skateboards were completely handmade made of solid wood and that the designs the line work and aesthetics of our boards are unique to each deck we create no heat transfers no stickers except for our logo the whole board is made of carefully assembled different species of wood with cores of hard maple and top and bottom sheets carefully assembled with various types of wood species to give our boards the look of a classic 1950s surfboard. Handcrafted is human, handcrafted is thoughtful, handcrafted is quality, handcrafted is community. Finless Skateboard Company. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast.
1: Our guest this week is a legend who's part of the first crew of Team Riders at Huntington Service Sport, Hurley Surfboards, and Billabong. Rode for a bunch of other brands. but We'll talk about that. The stylish and accomplished ripper turned pro and eventually became the surf team manager at Billabong. Yes.
2: And he's regarded
1: to this day as one of the best team managers to date. And I've heard that quote from somebody. Mini we'll talk me. about him. Mini Everybody. People. Oh. At some point, he stopped surfing and moved out of state for eight years. What that the front door? for
3: love. Yeah. <laughs> I was chasing it.
1: But he moved back and reconnected with his roots. And he's been at HSS ever since running their surf team and surfboard room with Mark Pesh. Yeah Pesh. Yeah Pesh Senior. And if you bought yeah, senior. (laughs) And if you bought a surfboard, wetsuit, or any gear from HSS, or grabbed a coffee at Java Point, you probably had great conversations with this guy. We welcome our friend, Mr. Mark Speeder Reader. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, bro. All I want to do
3: is have Lyndon's intro. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, welcome to the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. I'm buying coffees, and let's get talking. Wow. See, dude? <laughs> you're,
0: you're made for uh, radio. Tell tell the listeners how long it's taken us to get you on the show.
3: A oh, couple years. It's been a couple years. At least. I didn't feel qualified, bona fide. Dude. Like, um, we all have a past. We all wanted to be a pro surfer competitor we all wanted to travel the world and do all that stuff i hear great people on this show and i i just didn't feel like i could match up with them like who would want to hear my story
2: Bruh.
1: great people but a lot a lot of people you know like peers True. And friends they, and... they were
3: guys we were in the tr- trenches with yeah you know, surfing to like traveling to yeah all
1: that so. and your name's been brought we've known you for a long time <laughs> But a lot of guests have, you've been involved in a lot of conversations as well with people we've interviewed, so. Yeah. So,
0: before we get to your story, I am from inland Long Beach, California. Oh, here we go again, you guys. When I was just getting into surfing and starting to see who was who and,
2: you know. This is a Lakewood legend over here?
0: Like, there was a couple guys that I would see at the places that I was trying to learn how to surf. And this dude with bright wetsuits, hurly surfboard, bleached, white, bushy, blonde hair, <laughs> ripping the shit out of waves every single time no. I see him. And, you know, there's only like a handful of people that were from inland that, you know, we figured out, okay, that guy's from Lakewood? Yeah. That guy's from fucking Lakewood? Yeah. And he rips. And that's
1: Mark Speeder Reader it's amazing how many rippers there were from from inland not just you like we've Correct. like i said yeah. we've talked to a lot of people and surfing was so big you would think it was just a coastal like yeah. you know kind of coastal. sport yeah yeah i think but we're at
3: today is like you watch a wsl and guys got some flag that you don't even know what it is <laughs> and it's are shredding and you're like it's so global wow, now we were young there was no such thing as that yeah, yeah. you're from australia hawaii California. Yeah, yeah stuff like there.
1: Italy or Ireland or yeah, you know, yeah, but... think about
3: it. Now the best big wave surfers, you know, Brazil and Ireland and yeah. things. I, I don't even know all the big wave surfers, yeah. but they're crazy.
0: So let let's get into it. Uh Okay. Speeder, tell us uh where it all began. Oh.
1: Okay. Man, find surfing, bro?
3: 1972, fifth grade. Um that's late for you kids out there that your dads are Got a life jacket on, long soft top. (laughs) And you guys were, I think you'd say you're surfing it too. But 10 years old, being an inland guy was early because my friends down the street had an older brother. And he sat us on the curb one evening and he goes, hey man, you want to hear about my waves today? And we're like, yeah. I I was stoked. I'm like, yeah, tell me, you know. And after he got done, he goes, you guys want to go surfing? And I was like, heck yeah, I'm in. Let's go. So they took us down to Seal Beach, and they paddled out the river, and they said, you guys go right there. And we never saw them rest of the day. Crabs? Crabs. That's kind of a fast story of how it all started when we got to the ocean. I had...
0: What did they give you? Like, what oh yeah, what to ride? ride? Yeah.
3: This is funny. Um, this one dude was like 6'4", and he gave me his long john. And 6'4", I'm 5', I don't know how tall I was in fifth grade, you know? You know, it was way too big. Yeah, I mean, the armpit went down to my stomach. You know, and so yeah. And long john
0: for man, people that don't know is tank top. Oh, long legs. Correct. Wetsuit. And
3: then I we just had some borrowed surfboards, and it was seventy two, so boards were they weren't logs; they were short, and they were like homemade, and maybe somebody had one like a Patrillo or you know some of the HB brands, Harbor. Everything Harbor, was about like, Harbor in our young days. You know because the closest beach to our house was Seal and so that's where we shopped and did everything but yeah the boards are really crude and and uh, I was just so stoked to call myself a surfer you know all of a sudden they'd go well I surf I guess I'm a surfer were you You a
1: beach goer like with your family or like summer like weekend days like no so beach was not familiar yeah dad
3: was from Arkansas
1: mom from Texas
3: and they just like family functions camping was cool stuff like that but, and you had an older brother, yeah, okay. three years older, Mike. And, uh, and did he surf with you that first day? No, no, it took a little bit. I don't really recall like how soon Mike started surfing. Pretty, we were all doing it together though. I yeah. mean it would have just been a month or two or three.
1: But you've seen surfing. You were like, you knew yeah. you 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 saw magazines or yeah, you knew what it was about. So fifth grade started. I didn't
3: have a surfboard. Sixth grade, I got a surfboard, and then. I was so stoked living in Lakewood. I was so young, too, you know. Like, but I'd walk down the street with a surfboard and no fin, single fin board. It had no fin, but, man, I walked so proud. <laughs> <laughs> where would you get People it? go, where are you going? <laughs> I was on my way to my friend's house to show him the board. And I was just, I felt Where did you get that board? Oh, from the guys. Okay. took me surfing.
1: Hand me down. I think
3: it was like five six and super wide and thick round tail, single hmm. fin homemade, purple with black rails and bottom. It's pretty cool. That <laughs> yeah. part was cool. Garage-made yeah. board. Yeah, totally. Single that, single fin with... You didn't have a fin in it? No. There was... No, so that's how I got it. And I probably went surfing on it a few times like that. Just because <laughs> I didn't have a choice. Can't afford a fin? Can't find a fin? I can't tell you when I got a fin, but, you know, that's eventually rad. did.
0: But do you remember catching waves and... Yeah. Being able to ride
1: it.
3: Yeah. And I think we try, we swap boards and stuff like that. But I ended up buying that one. And that was mine. So I I, I remember those guys probably just put a fin in. Yeah. You know. And I remember standing up and that feel, I think, every surfer, you have to go back to your first time and you're gliding across the water. So cool. And it is a cool feeling. And we all forgot it. We all forget about it because, you know, we're all advanced or old or whatever you don't think about what it's like to stand up and go across the water
0: yeah how how amazing and majestic it is yeah. we take it for granted after all these years
3: totally yeah but yeah I remember all that stuff it was fun and, and all the friendship and all the you know partying and being surfers you know you're like, going
0: fast you can't go too fast so you got uh, that board okay um, and earlier we were talking about because you're, you're in 5th grade 6th grade yeah, sixth grade. yeah. And, you know, you you didn't have long hair yet. You weren't a surfer yet. Or did you already have long hair? It
3: was growing out right then and there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you you, you decided that day that your neighbors told you about his day of surfing. Yeah. And you were going to be a surfer.
3: They were already like, you know, the hippie looking type, you know, like full on no shoes. (laughs) We wore bell bottom cords or blue jeans, mostly blue jeans, you know. And you had to have long hair, you know.
1: It was part of the deal. <laughs> yeah,
3: you just go with the surfer
1: look. Yeah, and I mean they were like the cool, cool shit. Yeah, I
3: looked up to these guys, and so they liked me, and they said, "Hey, we'll take you surfing. You don't have to bring the other people and stuff like that." <laughs> and I, you know, you asked me a question earlier. You know, like surfing, standing on the board became easy, and I started learning how to cut. You know, we we're just catching whitewater, but I started learning how to cut backside and frontside. And then things went real fast. You know, a couple of years fly by really quick. And, and then you're catching waves out the back and making the late drops. People kind of saying, whoa, dude, like giving you compliments or something. Yeah.
0: So after getting that first board. Yeah. And you progressed pretty quickly, right? Surprisingly quick, quickly. it was. You, yeah.
1: were, you were kind of a natural at it. Felt like it, yeah. And, that and the older dudes like, you know, that are probably way more experienced and you're just looking at them going, I want to, you know, like yeah. co- kind of competitiveness. Yeah.
0: So Seal Beach was your your
3: place. Yep. Closest beach to the house. And it's only like 7 miles, but Lakewood sounded it sounded like you're in Lake Elsinore or something, Lakewood. <laughs> it isn't very far, but
1: yeah, when you're a kid, everything yeah. is big and far. Yeah. So but boom. he
0: he said that you didn't say you were from Lakewood. You said you were from Long Beach. I told people
3: I was from Long Beach because it had the word beach in it. Like to yeah, yeah. Beach, Seal Beach, Long Beach. But Lakewood was like... Yeah, that was a coup. It just... I was embarrassed. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Like, I don't think I told them.
1: Long Beach is, you know, there's some, some rough neighborhoods there too. And they don't know, you know, if you're from yeah. the bougie part of the... You just say Long Beach.
3: Yeah. There's... Long Beach is big. You can be downtown or close to Seal. You know, <laughs> or, so long or you're in Compton. And
0: Compton. Compton. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're in sixth grade. You're Die a hard. year into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first like real board that you're like okay? Yeah, you know, like well, the there one was that there was
3: progressed. this one. I don't know if it was called Caster or what it was called, but it was probably like a six six swallowtail seventies outline. It had an airbrush Saturn on it. On the deck, and I mean, I'm just really bitching. Psychedelic Saturn, you yeah. know, with the rings around the yeah. planet. Yeah, yeah. And um, I liked the board so much by the way it looked. I surfed it. I made it work. Yeah, you know, because I don't know six if it
0: was, six single fin. Yeah, you know, probably
3: six seven single fin. Pulled in swallow. You know, swallows like three inches wide. Yeah. <laughs> but something changed then. Like I started noticing what I liked and stuff. Yeah. I think maybe your question. You're wondering if I got an Almeric or something like that, but. We were just total 70s. Yeah. And we didn't know any better. We weren't like trying to... There was no such thing as contest every week, you know. Yeah. Like today. Yeah. You know?
0: But, um, so going back to Seal Beach... Yeah. You would surf crabs or inside the jetty?
3: No, that's just where we started. So okay. we would walk it. We would get dropped off the pier. North side of the pier was epic. We thought, you know, a little left coming off seawall, the peaks down the beach... And then they'd blackball it, so you have to pack it up and go down the jetty. Mm-hmm. And we would tell our parents, like, we'd get there about nine, and we'd go, pick us up at five. <laughs> yeah. Right? How and great is
1: that, though?
3: It was cool. And we were young, and you could do that back then. Yeah. You know?
1: That is like free babysitting for the parents, you know, usually. Yeah, like a- no babysitting.
0: See? Yeah. But the ocean, and I mean, you're all you care about is just laying on the beach and surfing whenever you can. And eating. And yeah. Eating. <laughs> so, like how wonderful is that? It was so heavy. simple but so It was
3: <laughs> you guys there was a thing and if you're my age and we're surfing the 70s you could sit in front of a liquor store there was a liquor store right there and you'd go, "Hey man, you got a nickel? You got a dime?" and people would give it to you. Yeah. You bum money. Yeah. And we would go in there We and all did candy. It. We'd see candy. That's how, out.
1: that's how we survived. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> you can't do that no more. <laughs> I bet I bet some kids do, but yeah,
0: back then I remember begging for money at school or begging for money on the beach
3: somewhere. It was just kind of a thing that I think surfers did. You yeah, know. You,
1: you know where the the spot where you could always find money is in the paper machines. Oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, you yeah. go oh. get the paper, you shake it, and there's always coins in the bottom of those. Like the for, like the payphones for the younger <laughs> yeah. generation. There
0: used to be newspaper stands.
1: They weren't stands
0: their newspaper
1: dispensary like, box yeah you would put in a quarter or 75 <laughs> cents if it was sunday so you could get this you know the, yeah. the coupons and the comics. but yeah. no those were prevalent every corner yeah. everywhere and the it was like a mailbox and the payphones. and dude you just you check those yeah. why not so <laughs> Seal beach north side oh yeah how were the waves
0: when you were younger
3: like the waves were the same you know like incans flat days at seal and stuff like that but um it would pump like at times and then we started going on the other side south side and looking at it and uh i was probably surfing three years by then four and my friend goes go out and i go to south side yeah i go let me borrow your board and i went out and i got this sick right-hander off the pier and i got kind of barreled you know i probably today i call it barrel but like you know Anyway, he was shocked that I could surf it, and he was older. Like, now, when I talk about the older guys, like, this guy was older, too. And he just said, dude, I'm taking you surfing. And we start getting the truck, you know. Like, surfing you took others, you other under. beaches? Yeah, we started going to other places. Yeah. And, um, experience, started to, well, I wanted to say, like, how Southside was back then. It was, we called it, like, we're little, and we're like, that's a North Shore. You know, <laughs> it was wedging. And, and we yeah. surfed in the big days, and... Oh, the big days I didn't go out, you know, but we watched it, and yeah. then, then we started going out there.
0: Was there was there anybody that you looked up to from, from there, the
3: Seal? Or... Yeah, all of them, because in the early seventies, mid seventies now, um, they're still a pecking order. Yeah, David Sowers was gnarly. <laughs> he would catch the biggest bomb left and go, "Hey, hey." And he'd just bark, and everybody just let him go because he he shredded, right? He did. And I, I like David today. I could say that about him. But he did have this unique little, hey. Yeah. Weasley, <laughs> and,
1: Weasley high-pitched. Yeah, David, you go have that. Go and
2: laughed.
3: Go and laughed. Yeah. But then there are others, you know, like. Um, Sarge? Chris Sardellis? Chris Sardellis, for sure. He's a bro of mine, and and uh I just looked up to all... I looked up to everybody. Yeah. Morgan, I don't know what I was doing. Mike Morgan? Yeah, Morgan for sure. I was thinking of everybody like that. They're all in national team guys, you know, in a national team and they came, three of them came from SEAL. But there was this guy when I first went over to Southside named Dennis Ward and he rode for Harbor and he always surfed the bowl off the pier. And I, I was like, he had a red fro. And he was, like, my purpose. Wow. He surfed insane. Dennis Ward? Yeah. Okay. He was, he, i just sit on the beach to watch him. And then finally, you know, I started surfing the south side. I went out there, and i go, i just sit wide to him and watch him spread. And I'd always go, whew. And uh, <laughs> paddle over, he'd see me go left into the pier or right away from the pier. And, and then I'd say hi to him and stuff. So I kind of, like, earned became, like, Acquaintance friend in a way for being an inlander. Yeah. I hear today, like um, from Chris Ardellis, that he wasn't real friendly with everybody, you know? So I don't even know. Dennis? Dennis Ward, this this guy, stripper harbor. He had some falling outs and stuff, maybe, but I don't know anything about that stuff. All I know is that he surfed like Mike Purpose. He was absolutely freaky on how good he was, you know? Just a born natural. So. I don't know. I always seem to make friends
1: with the right people. Yeah, you know. Well, we say having a good attitude and 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 then ripping at the same time. You know, kind of you get accepted. Sets down. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the barriers and, and the vibe. Kind of because
2: those guys
0: were
1: pretty ruthless. They were, they were like yeah. your
0: typical kind of local dudes. Yeah, right? they owned it. Yeah, yeah. and they regu- oh, they tried to regulate. You know,
3: Brad McDowell. <laughs> not like he was bad. I I don't know if I ever. Surf too close to Brad or anything, but all the boys were there. Yeah, and I just respect them all because I was from Lakewood. Yeah, and I always knew I was like an underdog in the sense, like I wasn't a local at Seal, but but you know, you we your got way. the surfing done. Yeah, you know,
0: you earned your your yeah. place in, in in the lineup. Yeah, because you you ripped and you were like humble and quiet.
3: Around. I like hearing like old stories. World. Well, talk to chad wells or something hits it yeah reader you like show up blow up and disappear <laughs> but the reason why i disappear is because i didn't live there we were like on surf side we were going to bolsa chica huntington pier uh and that kind of stopped all in that zone wherever yeah. the ways where we kind of went you
0: know yeah yeah being from inland it's you know Laura doesn't understand it but we- <laughs> oh
3: jay you were right here Yeah, right. Born
0: and raised in Huntington, he's one of the punks that used to try to regulate. (laughs) Try.
1: (laughs) Okay. No, but but you know, going from Seal Beach to Huntington, it's a whole big learning curve and whole new lineup of different people and personalities and and I mean, just think the first time you rolled up to the cliffs, you know, and you're just we
3: started the cliffs, yeah. We didn't just roll instantly up to the pier,
1: you know. Yeah, Yeah. but like just that overview and the way you know it comes in and codes. it's a different how,
3: wave farther out um more power on big days and stuff like that yeah it's yeah. funny
0: how you, you it's like going to school right each surf spot is like you know a harder the, class the new, new new class the new, the new like <laughs> playground that you have to prove yourself at each one yeah to be able to like you know i you hang know, with the hang with the I was, locals
3: always been super humble you know like Compliment, if somebody gave me a compliment, let's say, I don't know why they would, but if they did, I'd just say, Oh, this is a surfboard. This board's so sick, man. Anybody <laughs> can ride it.
1: But, what a salesman um, over
3: yeah. here. But I think because all the way through my life, you know, it, even later, you know, traveling, surfing, just being like handshaker, talker, friendly, yeah, but quiet, you know, not, not overly loud type yeah. thing. So all that stuff paid off, you know. I come home from a trip. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but I come home from a trip Move and back. people are like, dude, I saw we were all at Burley or something. And that person comes to California because we're in the spot a lot of competitors have to come, yeah. you know? So.
1: Yeah, you're swapping couches.
3: Yeah, swapping couches, <laughs> becoming friends, and um, probably led to all my jobs surf industry jobs. Yeah. They were small jobs, but. I, I worked for almost every sponsor I had, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. So going back, you're you're graduating from surf spot to surf spot. Yeah. Um when did you when did competition and, and like getting in magazines start happening?
3: Okay, that was like a lot later to like twenty, nineteen twenty. Um Okay, let's go back. Who was your first like sponsor? Okay. Um Paul Burke surfboards nice. he shaped out Long Beach and the yep, store in
1: Sunset yeah
3: he did at one time yeah, yeah he did and he shaped in the garage and stuff so he started making boards for me and, and how did
0: that relationship start
3: oh through surfing just like knowing you from the beach I saw you at the beach and you yeah. made your boards I said nobody and so we connected he was yeah. such a nice guy he he was the start for sure hence yeah epic dude had an epic life and he he's passed away now yeah unfortunately so sad um, but love those guys
0: so you said early on harbor was your spot
3: yeah right? yeah so even from the very beginning you have to go back my first wetsuit came from harbor it was called the otter skin o'neill smoothie back zip today it would be epic retro <laughs> otter skin That's otter skin i know the name otter skin yeah and then uh, we bought our skateboards there. We tried to hang out there, you know, without being, like, kooks in a way. Because yeah. still, you had all the locals at Harbor Surfboard Team, you know.
1: Well, yeah. that's what you did when you were a Grom, man. You just Good go to and, a surf shop. Yeah, you, yeah. That's the coolest spot
0: to hang. But it's tough when you're an outsider.
1: Yeah, you can't just... Show up and mingle, you got to kind of like you yeah. know, visit often and kind of like learn to see the guys in the water. You're going in and after, yeah. after before and after surf, you're, yeah. you're cruising by with your, your donut or your candy. I don't think... <laughs>
3: None of those guys knew me, but I came there with my mom and she bought me my Christmas present that full suit, you know. And then we wanted that flex skateboard the harbor flex skateboard with earthing wheels and then got one for christmas you know nice we're out front skating all the time it was it's such a, a look back on like what kids do today walk around barefooted and thrift store clothes and it was so 70s. Yeah. Like what we really did, you know. Yeah. And
0: it's, yeah. It's, how would you get to the beach? Just your we, brother we, oh, or? parents.
3: Oh, well, we have to beg. We'd have to, my friend Joey Lavitt, his mom would drive the most, you know. And then my mom would drive us. And my friend Bill, his dad would drive us. And that's how we got there. there was three parents and they took turns.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's pay phones and, you'd, you know, you'd leave, you know. What does it call like ten, fifteen cents back then? Yeah, you know? Ten cents. Ten yeah, cents. And you'd have exactly. to like I forgot about that. Yeah. You have to,
3: sometimes you call them like, hey, okay, come pick us up. It's like halloween. And, and, and they wouldn't be there for two hours. hours.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on our way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Hang up. There's no way to call them back. No, <laughs> really. <laughs> if they left the house. <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. You would be I mean, that's the, the good thing is, yeah, maybe the quality of the wave suck, but still you're you're not being supervised, you're kind of just rolling around, and yeah. you're on Main Street and you're a pretty cool, you know, area like you, you know, you're making friends, so you're hanging out. It's yeah. a good day. So,
0: Paul Burke, first shaper, yep, our first sponsor,
3: yeah. And now you're probably gonna ask me, what was your first big, bigger sponsor? Let's say, okay,
1: no, I want to hear about <laughs> ordering that first board and like, oh, what kind of
3: airspray? I didn't get that. it, did. didn't was it a how, how old are you? okay so well, i met paul i was somewhere in high school nice. late, later high school but we just bought boards so there's a little bit of, i should back up a little i we started going to huntington pier my brother was driving he's three years older so we go to the pier and i bought a bronze dossie surfboard wow. double bump pintail cool thing with this that switch things that bronze dossies, you know i was so is that still a single fit yeah wow yeah single fin time still and um years ago i love that board i think it made me a better surfer and then i went back to wayne brown and i fell in love with this one board because see things were tent back then so a lot of growing up and stuff i didn't know the shapes i just knew the color and the size looked good
2: yeah
1: and the so more, I, the important thing yeah so <laughs> i think good jerry
3: mailing I swear to you, I think Jerry made I know he managed the store, but I think he helped me. And then I bought it. And then there was this good, like, good-looking surfer dude. And I think it was Jack Denny. I don't know. But he had long hair, hottest chick you've ever seen. And I was walking out of Wayne Brown. I'm not out the door yet. And he slapped the board. And everybody looked at me like I slammed it on the wall or something. And he goes, ho, ho, ho. and then the chick goes, don't do that to him. He's cute or something. I was a beet red. I bolted out the door. Brandy Wayne Brown. And uh, forgive me for saying Jack Denny, but somebody, I asked somebody, they go, yeah, I used to have long hair. And it's like, owned it, you know, Jack Denny owned it. Dude. Yeah. He was the man. Yeah, for sure. Love that guy.
1: That's awesome.
3: But I was so scared, intimidated and shy, you know.
1: What, 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 what that board cost you, do you remember? Um, 80 bucks, probably. Wow.
3: Guessing it could have been 95. But used? It, what, yeah. 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 It must have been used. But, you know, I think they're only a couple hundred bucks for a new one. Yeah. Everything I bought was kind of used. I had to just, you know, beg Make parents, you what, know.
0: What's funny is Wayne Brown has popped up quite a bit, uh, the name Wayne Brown. Yeah. And I, I never
1: really heard about him. Did you? Yeah. I, yeah, I knew, but like he wasn't a big name, like like growing up. You yeah. know. but I guess back, to back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a lot younger than you guys. Yeah, so, you know, that know. generation. You know, I don't, like, re- I don't recall. Yeah, your
0: generation was more like <laughs> Chuck Dent and yeah. Robert August and, and Ballister and Ballister. Randy Lewis
1: was still there and Doc Baltera. and yeah, it was yeah. So up.
0: so Paul uh, Paul Burke. Yep. Yeah. He saw you surfing, said, hey, I want to yeah. make you some boards. Yeah. Did you get to, like, go into the
1: shaping room and watch them shape? Yeah,
3: yeah, shape them, tell them I liked and stuff like that. So I got to learn all that stuff. Yeah. Then I started learning, that like, he's, he, you know, whether he said or I said, but he started getting boards catered to my surfing. It was a big help, you know, like, before I just bought them because they look cool. Yeah. yeah. Then I just learned to ride them. Well, that's, and
0: then
1: he started understanding the design, yeah, and what each, like how
3: tall should it be. Yeah. And,
1: you know. I like, mean, that's the benefit of having a, a sponsor. It's like, yeah, I get a break on the, the, the cost of the board, but mm-hmm. to work with him, you're, yeah. he surfs, he's seen you surf, and be able to fine tune a little bit of like shaving off a little foam, maybe a yeah. little thinner, maybe. So who, who else in, okay. your, like in Lakewood that S- was surfing
3: with you? Well, wait, just go ahead. Go ahead. Like, who... Who, who else was I surfing with? Yeah. This guy, Joe Lavitt. Uh, he's still around the cliffs today. Yeah. Yeah. Good friend. Um, we started... I met him first day of seventh grade. We came from different schools to go to the same Junior High. And I look over and I see this guy with long hair sitting on the steps. And I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> that dude's cool.
0: He must yeah. sure. and
3: I could tell he was stoned. His, <laughs> his eyes were so red. And I was like... Seventh grade. I think I like this guy right here. So I talked to him and said hi and we from that day on we were best friends no way and that's that's whose parents were driving us to the beach got it you know yeah my that's parents his parents and stuff
1: It's so weird funny. at school how you know you you think of sports or you know maybe you're in the music or whatever you know to get in that little click and stuff and the yeah. surfers are just like very few where, where you're at even in our schools they're that, still kind of small that was like a full spicoli moment <laughs> Oh yeah. I know
3: that dude. <laughs> yeah. That was a time. Yeah.
1: So
0: um when when did you when do you think you started like really progressing like with um, where you started standing out?
3: Yeah, it was it was during that time of Paul was really a good start and then uh I came to HSS. I had a Team O'Neill application to get the wetsuits, and they approved it and said, you just have to have a shop manager sign it. I didn't ride for a shop. So I looked around. The coolest shop, nice people, was HSS, Huntington Surf and Sport. So, so wait, where did you get the O'Neill? Oh, how'd I get it? Yeah. I think it was like John Gothard or something. Hmm. Or no, it was before that. I didn't. Somebody saw me surf. We were surfing. So it was like a pro
1: form. It was a pro form. So a deal on a yeah. suit, but you had to have it signed I off. could
3: ride for Team O'Neill with the big white letters down. Every suit you wore, you know, the arms yeah. or a spring suit had in the back, front, all that. Team O'Neill. But then I go to HSS.
0: But somebody said, hey, here's a pro form. You can get a suit from us.
3: No. They said you could ride for the company and be on the team, O'Neill. Wow. But you have to ride for a shop basically they don't know me right yeah but they said uh if you write for a store and get shop manager to sign it and they sell o'neal um it's on you know so i went to hss because they're the nicest people and they were down the street from the pier and all that a little bit on 15th and i went in there and talked to eric john and he goes i know you man i've seen surf contests and stuff at the pier and this and that he goes but i've been trying to get my friend on the team for a while You know, like... You're at the back of the list. Yeah. (laughs) EJ said that to you? EJ. Yeah. So a lot of guys... (laughs) What a dick! (laughs) (laughs) No, wait. He was... But that was really cool. He took the time. He sat with me by ourselves, you know? And we talked. But he gave me some props. And then he said, like, Man, I want to get my friend on the team here. So he goes, Come back and talk to me tomorrow. Maybe talk to Aaron Pye that night. No, I don't think Aaron. But he probably talked to the co-workers. And they might have gave me the thumbs up mm. and they go uh, i came back talked to him are you in high school yeah okay yeah and um he said okay we'll sign the form for you if you write become a teen writer for our store wow and i'm like oh man okay i go two for right. one yeah <laughs> this guy got a two for one I went over back here to, okay you guys uh, like i don't know what we talked about after that i was just flustered like oh my god i went back to lakewood told everybody yeah. we didn't have yeah. cell phones right so i go man i ride for hunting servant sport today and team o'neill and team o'neill like yeah know, i see steve webb out at the pier north side just ripping big o'neill down the arm i saw joey brand o'neill down the body of the suit sean Another, thompson sean thompson day and I'm, yeah.
1: I'm sure bud was coming up and oh, coming yeah. and he was the, the o'neill guy he from was
3: he was He's he's the mayor, dude. He's the best surfer. (laughs) Nobody touched Bud. He just was another level like Sean Thompson.
0: So going back to you and what what was your first contest and how did you find out about it? And like, how did you
3: do? It's funny you said that. We're watching the break today uh, because it's so stormy. Today we're looking at different spots and surf cam. It was South Bay. I saw a flyer. I went to South Bay Manhattan Beach and it's not the best way, right? Especially coming from Huntington. <laughs> like a little easier to surf at Huntington, rip a little bit more. Yeah. I went there and it was pumping and it was walled. Very pure normal. walled. So you had to take off and do something. And Dude, I'm telling you, it's so embarrassing to say this. I would take off fin first on a single fin, six o, six 6-whatever. Shorter ports. And, and drop in, do it at 180, switch stance back around and... Just go as far as you can, you know. And there was closeouts. So anything you do, a layback. I I was really good at doing a layback because I was slim. Yeah, bro. stomach muscles back then. And I could just slide down the wall on my back and just board way out, right? And then I advanced, I advanced, I advanced. And a lot of it was real surfing, too. I mean, these were just anything you could do to get a point, right? Yeah. And then they moved the contest to Doc Weiler because it was too big for Manhattan. Hmm. the second day. And I think I got to like semifinals man-on-man or quarterfinals. And um,
1: what was the age group?
3: um, I was men's. Mm -hmm. When I started surfing, you guys, I was already men's because we came through the seventies growing up and nobody was telling us about contests, but we always wanted to be the best surfer in the water. That was on from the day we started surfing. That will never to change. Sh- to yeah. shine. Yeah. You want to be better than your friends. You want people to see you, look yeah. at you, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. So that was the first contest. And then I you got made it. I made don't, it to this I should quarters. back up a little. I don't think I made it to the quarterfinals, man on oh man. I actually, there's a really strong surfer guy that he said, I'm going left. And I go, okay, I'm going right. And then he went right. Ugh. And I cut him off. And I got knocked out. And I said, oh, I hate contests. I'll never serve another one. Chris Christensen? Um, The Shaper? No, no. Um, Chris Coleman. His name is Chris Coleman, I think.
0: Or Craig Coleman. Craig Coleman. Craig Coleman.
3: Yeah. He was radical. He was hot. And he knew how to play the game. And I didn't. So. Craig Coleman. Craig Coleman.
0: Yes. He He was like a dickhead, right? He,
1: yeah, dude. Yeah. Like he was like but, an early like manager slash like surf coach. Yeah. Like so he had that in him. He yeah. ran offshore, I think. Yeah. A little yeah.
3: Later on. So he came up so to he me on the beach. You. Yeah, he burned me. I got knocked out. He came to the beach, goes, dude, he saw me pissed and I said, I'll never do a contest again. And he goes, Hey don't give up man, you surf good. And so I'm like, I was encouraged. <laughs> oh man, I gotta learn how to play this game, man. Because I had the ability, yeah, because I was already in men's division, you know, it wasn't like little kid stuff, you know. So yeah, that's how it happened. And then I want to do another one, another one, another one, any one that popped up really, yeah, for the next few years. And so I should back up a little bit. There's yeah. this cool dude at Wave Tools named Bucky Olson, and I was searching for supports
0: I just listened to Steve Olson. You did? Yeah, he did oh, a podcast I knew with Jamie. Steve. Jamie Brissick. Okay. And Bucky Olsen is his brother.
3: Yeah. 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 He, he was, was the Steve airbrusher. The... He was the airbrusher at Wave Tools. And Steve Olson was Santa Cruz Skater of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Thrasher or whatever it have yeah. been. And Steve was dating a girl I knew. And once in a while we went surfing. Uh, or he'd be out. It was like Bud Lomas, stop and watch this guy. You know? Wow. Steve was insane. He, he, so he's, he's a good surfer. He's, he was an incredible surfer. And he would skate. He'd surf like he skated, just radical, you know, like just like in a pool or something, you know, above the coping or whatever he'd do. He was way ahead of all of us. But um, so I got this Bucky Olsen surfboard twin fin. It was like a Wave Tools 20. They're really wide, short, big swallow, radical tail kick. And so they were just skateboards, right? And somehow I got offshore laminate, stuck it on the bottom of the board, and Topper Bob, what I don't know. So I was surfing Bolsa and having a super sick session. Like, I felt like the waves were firing or something. Some guy, older man, came up to me and goes, "You right for Offshore?" And I go, uh, "No, I just got sticker laminate glassed on my board. Somebody gave it to me, you know." And he goes, "Oh, it's funny, man." He goes, "You're surfing really good out there." And he goes, "My brother owns Offshore." and <laughs> What? Yeah, this is pretty crazy. And then. He made a phone call, introduced us, and he told his brother that I should ride for offshore. Like, obviously, like free clothes. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. You know, and I was so blown away as my first sponsor. So See, that was before I came to HSS. I already had like clothing sponsor. Wow. And a board sponsor. Paul and, Burke. Yeah. Then offshore, offshore. Yeah. And then. And Offshore at that time, for guys that don't know, sponsored the Pipe Masters and offshore. Joey Buran. Yeah. Brand. yeah. Joey Brand and California Kid, he was a top world tour surfer at the time, top 16. And um, that was cool. So was Bolsa like a hot spot for surfing too? Not really. It it just was uh, a really rippable wave. It was kind of, always felt a little softer, but you could ride them ashore and just multiple turns all up and down the beach, right? Less crowd. Less crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, the, maybe that's why this guy was older, surfing there. I was surfing there because we liked it. You know, yeah, that was our spot kinda of. we had a little zone, all the chicks hung out, the guys hung out, and we just liked it.
1: Middle middle beach
3: or de- towards Warner or like I think it was getting more towards Seapoint up C-point? towards the end of Bolsa where the not the jetty, jetty is, is, but right by the uh, zone. That yeah. was so, our spot. So what about Anderson Street? Okay. Yeah, that's a whole segment we left out. Anderson Street was so good and Surfside. And uh, we didn't walk to the jetty much because, like, back then, Sean Collins was in the lineup and who knows who else. I didn't know all of them. I knew the Cog Hills a little bit, but they didn't know me. And, um, yeah, so we we would stay at the hole, and it would fire. And (laughs) you just go to the water tower, right, Anderson Street? Yeah. Walk to your right about 300 feet or whatever. That's the hole. The yeah. hole was way over there. It was way up by Anderson and it was firing back then. There was less sand on the beach, so the ways were different. Isn't
1: and that's it, isn't it's, it crazy? Like used you to know, be you're, so good. You're talking about, you know, crabs and warm water, north side, south side, seal, and then even the hole and and then you yeah, know like surf side. Even both all those places, like, depending on the swell, like, totally miss one and just, like, you know, quarter mile down the beach, it's firing. And then same thing, like, on the opposite swells. It's, like, the way that, you know, however the angles come in between Catalina and and PV and then whatever, it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Because you wouldn't surf the whole like, in the winter. You would surf, you know, the jetty or
0: the cliffs. Going back to Anderson Street, though. Okay. That was in my mind the fondest memories of my life were spent on the beach at Anderson Street because it was like the the melting pot for all us inland surfers yeah
1: right yeah lakewood Longton, and and that area quite a bit but i, I was more of Newport like maybe yeah. it was just easier to get because it was closer, closer for yeah. me and yeah. and but very similar type
3: well, all yeah. the fame was at Newport you know yeah before yeah yeah we're on oh all yeah. the fame was in Newport you know the Kodak Sandbar was before your time Street, yeah. Yeah. so as you grew up Jay I mean it was already established that's where you go Yeah, if I go to Anderson every time I go there it sucks you yeah. know like you don't catch it but for us it was like yeah.
0: people from Jordan High School that's where I was from right? oh, Okay, like Wilson you know Mayfair Lakewood High School like all those people from inland high schools that was the beach that everyone would go to yeah. and dude, remember how
3: good the waves were? It was really good. It don't break like obviously, everybody says that kind of stuff, but it would rebound all the way from the jetty, come down the beach about three feet, and you take off and run into a six foot peak, backdoor it. Yeah, get barreled, come out,
1: slash, slash, slash,
0: and then and it was like you know the way you guys did Tower Two. Yeah, like that. That was every your beach, day. That was your beach hang. Yeah, yeah. all day long. All from day. From like yeah, from from dawn to freaking dusk. And then we would eat it, Uncle
3: Dougies. Uncle Dougies, Super Spuds. there <laughs> we get Super Spuds? Oh yeah, oh, uh, they're cheap, They're like two bucks, and yeah. they fill you up with yeah. avocado and sour cream, cheese, bacon. <laughs> I can still remember it. So, so, offshore, offshore, yeah. So you
0: rode for offshore. You rode for Paul Burke. Mm-hmm. You're doing what contests were you doing? Do you remember? Were like they CSA it was,
3: <clears> it or it was WSA? I would not anything that popped up. You know, but it was WSA was the main... I didn't know much about NSSA um, until a little bit later. And WSA and everything was cool. All the HB guys did it. I think that's where um, I started knowing everybody from HB so well. Yeah. Because we're competing against each other. Guys like... um uh, remember Mike Harris, Mike Harris. Yeah. You know, but his group like Glenn Tilly and... and I can't oh my god so, was that Clisby, too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clisbee and Farns were straight up in Innocent. they were like they, they were a hot lot yeah. and like so they're a they hair bit, they're a
0: hair younger than you right um,
3: yeah oh. I could I could always name off names of people there but people listening but maybe not know you know yeah. but they ripped and somehow I always put in the top two of that of the events yeah nice three I yeah. don't know I don't mean to sound like I You're was not special. Bro. Come on. Like but so, I knew how to compete. I was super nice on the land. If we got in the water, it was like completely on. Really? It's about waves and surfing and it's fun. But I want to win, you know.
0: So you you had the eye of the tiger in
3: the water? In the water. On the nice. beach, just like chicken hands, kinda shy. Hey,
0: what's up, man? <laughs> I'll like get that. you in the water, though, bitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, how, was that the same for the ladies, too? You know, like, hey, you know, really competitive and <laughs> going, getting after it. And, oh, no, friendly, nice guy. I don't know why oh. you brought that up. I was just thinking him coming off the beach and all the boys, like, what else did you do? You surfed in the contest? and Competing for the,
0: for the ladies? Yeah.
2: Well,
3: I wasn't, like all that you know what I mean I, no but just like having this like interview and stuff you know I wasn't like the best surfer period I just looked up so many other people but I wanted to be the best surfer you but know? you h- you're yeah. holding your own and holding <clears throat> my own yeah and keeping friends and being able to paddle out places you know yeah.
1: so did you yeah. have any, any like grom jobs like did you no like have, no you just scrounge money parents help pay for stuff you yeah. What was your first job?
3: Um, Sheetrocking storage units. My wow. brother was a foreman, or and he got us jobs, and we had to go early and start at six a.m. and just sheetrock. All we did is sweep up the leftover sheetrock and throw it away and haul it out. And the whole place was a dust bin. You know, I probably lasted just a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not this, this work shit. not for me. Yeah, so, this is high-rated... Uh, from, from that. Um, Gosh, I, I didn't. I can't say like I worked at a surf shop or hung out at the surf shop and all that stuff. But then I got a job landscaping Paul Burke's friend, and we did Huntington Harbor right there at Sunset Beach, you know, Coral Cay Street, yeah, and anywhere. And it was a. Uh, it was just me and the boss, and that taught me a lot. Um, fast forward a little bit with them. One time it was like six foot south something pumping, and I called in sick.
2: <laughs> and we, and we had a lot to do.
3: Because if I don't show, he's by himself. Yeah. And I let him down, you know. And and my car, remember that red BMW? Yeah. Okay. It was I really old. Sick. It was an old one, like 69. I did a U-turn at the Golden West Light to go back to Long Beach. And I ran out of gas. And who pulls up behind me to Your offer boss. my boss, <laughs> Mike? Your boards on your car. Yeah, well, I was in the car and see, you know. And he goes, "Hey, the, you ride?" Right? And all, I go, "Oh, yeah. salty, wet." <laughs> I go, "Yeah." And he's like, act like no big deal. He's like, "Hey, man," and I'm feeling guilty and stuff. And he he goes, as we driving, he goes, "You know, I gotta let you go, man." And he goes, "Cause I really need somebody that could I can count on. I really need you, you know." And I said, "I know, I know." He goes, "Well, let's get gas," and then I'll take it back over to your car and stuff. I'm like, all right. He goes, and he gave me some money. You Know the rest of my pay, maybe, or something like that. And I felt horrible because I, I am that nice guy, guy, you know. But when it came to surfing, surfing's
1: one hell of a drug. Yeah, you know, I was you young, away. I was
3: young in the workforce, and so yeah, that was a trip that he pulled up on. <laughs> yeah, it's a life lesson, though, right? <laughs> it was I like talk about it today, at 60 years old, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, be, be honest and don't try to weasel out, and you know, yeah. you're gonna get caught eventually. Then, you know, for you, that was that name, but yeah, you know, now, surfing is. I missed Thanksgiving dinner because of surfing time. I was just <laughs> dating my wife and going to meet like her extended family, and like, it was a big old deal. And she just left without me. I didn't even know where they lived. This is like <laughs> I got taught <Todd>, your ass <laughs> a lesson. Yeah. you didn't get no leftovers. You know? yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was eating dog food. <laughs> so, but at surfing, you know, you're just like, oh man, it's too good. So, yeah. y- you, we
0: kind of talked about it. You're you're the best surfer in your school. Like, you're pretty much the only guy that's sponsored,
3: right? Did anybody else get sponsored? Um, Chris DeGrasse, yeah. I don't know if you know him. Yeah! He wrote for Bruce Jones, and I don't know if he had a clothing brand, but I think so. And he was very equal, if not better than me. He was gnarly. He was, like, different kind of person, you know? Yeah. Okay. He opened up Gold Coast, yeah, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Super successful guy. We were you remember
0: in, Chris DeGrazio?
1: I do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we
3: were in elementary school, and I was a fast runner. And, you know, you have these races, right? I me and Chris, we get to the end, it's me and Chris. Final race, you know. <laughs> Kickball, the final kick. Whatever it was, me and him were there. He was your arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah. And so, I had a lot of respect for him, but at the same time, I just wanted to be way better than him. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, I don't know if I ever was. He went to Australia really early, like 79 And he competed, bells and all that, Coke, the Coke contest, Sydney, And I was just like, oh, Ah.
2: shit,
3: man. Guys got it. And then I watched him surf, and he became a better surfer after that trip to Oz, you know. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, you know, we were always battling, but we were really close. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, I think Chris has done a lot. I don't know as much about him, obviously, as I do you. But I feel like, you know, he might have been your equal, but he definitely didn't get the shots in the mag like you did.
3: That came later, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, Chris DeGrazio, did he go to Liquid too?
3: Yeah. Okay. Same elementary school, maybe a different junior high, same high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Depends where he lived. Yeah. And did you compete against him a lot? Actually, he turned pro so early... Hmm. in his life when he went to australia he's like already maybe pro- 79 and he was like uh, i just guess if he's 19 and um i didn't get to surf against him because hmm. we were amateur yeah and there's a big difference back then that maybe your listeners know you can't serve professional right. you can't take money yeah if you take money you're now professional you yeah. can't do an ad for your sponsor or you're a professional and that was all like PT and Ian Cairns, really they yeah. kind of came up these rules
1: <laughs> yeah i think yeah that, w- that was weird i mean collecting money i guess yeah you you know that you're you you would think pro. that would be pro but there's definitely it, it's not like you're signing in like an endorsement contract sometimes yeah. you know you, you are but this is just collecting money you know yeah. or reimbursements for travel like i mean it, yeah it's It was weird. So now it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) So, what was your first
0: magazine shot? Do you remember? Oh,
3: I traveled around with Chuck Schmidt and he would pick, he lived in Huntington and he was good friends with Bob Hurley. I had Hurley surfboards at this time. And how did you get on Hurley? HSS, first time I got, first year I got there riding for the shop. Bob said, hey man, I'd like to make your boards. And I said, okay. I was flattered, you know, and, and like, he goes, uh, I'll buy the blank and shape it, and you pay Waterman's Guild for the glass job. And I said, deal. That's insane. And so I left Burke, and I started riding for Hurley, and HSS, and Team Orleans.
0: Now, was Hurley already, like, a seasoned veteran of, shape, of Shaper, or was he
3: kind of new to it? To or? me, he was, and I know... Aaron Pie gave him the money to make his own logo. He, oh, Bob was an incredible shaper at that time. He was shaping for Lightning Bolt and Early, like all these guys around town making Wind and Sea. He's like the Go shaper. I couldn't say all the right boards he probably made and all the different people, but he was an insane Go shaper. And then Aaron Pie gave him the money to make us boards for HSS. And that, that was like, here's six grand, make your logo, Here's my, enough money to make the logo and make these boards. And when you're done, bring them in. Yeah. No pressure. So Bob did it. I think Ron Quigley or Chuck Schmidt made the Hurley logo. Mm. I hope I'm not wrong. You know? Yeah. We'll fact check you. Yeah. Just, just kidding. This, yeah. Is before internet. Yeah. Yeah. this is before Internet. I think,
1: yeah. This is before Internet. I really so,
3: think probably. it was Chuck Schmidt, the photographer, actually. He made The so Hurley logo. And Chuck Schmidt looked like John Lennon. He had long hair and glasses. And he looked just like John Lennon. No way. Yeah and so chuck would pick me up and even come all the way to lakewood from huntington grab me and we go to malibu and we'd serve and he he just knew the forecast and back then you know wasn't a whole lot of forecasting going on you know he would grab me and um he said be at my place and 4 a.m drive to baja malibu wow and well, we're going tardy. to salt creek and i was like i've always felt like i don't know if i'm the guy you want dude like but then he took me in Surfing Magazine. they Introduced me to Flame, and he goes, "I want to get you out there. You deserve this or something like that."
0: How you know? cool!
3: Yeah. So Chuck, thank you. Take you your wing. Yeah. Some of the biggest people I give credit to for anything is surf. Surfing is Chuck, Aaron Pie, Bob Hurdley, EJ for that hookup, and that's how it all started. And it all based around HSS. I I highly recommend kids. You guys ride for a surf shop because there's so much talk going on inside. Even when you leave and you don't know, people are talking about you and talking to Quicksilver. It could be O'Neill. It could be
1: Ruka. Yeah. You know. Well, it seems like that was kind of the route you've made. If you back in the day, you know, you went back to that O'Neill team. You know, letter. Head, whatever paper form, and, and trying to get sponsors. That was the only way to get sponsored. Mm-hmm. Primarily was through the surf shop. Yeah, you know that was the main means of those companies making money. They wanted to have their product on the best kids in that town. Yeah, and that's what you did. Is yeah, you went work. You know, you wrote for a surf shop, and then they would give you like, hey, like this brand or this brand or you know, I was looking for like a kid in this area. Yeah, and did did you ever have to do a portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had one. Yeah, I walked around
3: that thing if I needed it, you know. Check on my
1: shit. Yeah.
3: So um, Chuck Schmidt? Yes, he... Uh, it's real sad, this part. Um, we were at Creek shooting. It's always middles of gravel. It's never like Creek Left or something like that. It's gravels. It's middles where the barrel is. And Flame was always there. Parsons and Kevin Billy and Mike Cruikshank just owned it, you know. But you get the scragglers, you know. And some of those are really good. And so Mike Moyer's in the water. Chuck got this shot from the beach, but Moyer, I came right at him and I just did the slash, right? Finn's kind of coming out and it came out in breakout like a full page and it said, Taken. I had this always like gritty uh, on my face when I did turns, you know? Yeah. So they used it and it said, taking the California Spirit Around the World. And it was like, Subscribe to Breakout. Oh, wow. Thing. So. That was the first shot, and I, I, Moyer took it, and I wish Chuck took it, you know, and because he was he's the one the... that
0: took you to yeah. all the places. Yeah.
3: But then we got some of Chuck, and then they were like an ad for offshore. I went on a trip to Africa, and I'll tell you about that if you want to know. Like, and fuck yeah. And And did the contest and went to Jay Bay and all this stuff. But after that trip, Chuck started uh, doing like, Hey, call my sponsors and promoting, like, or speaking on my behalf to help, you know, like, how about Mark do this shoot, you know, type things.
1: So, so he was—that's rad. Almost managing you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he was. Yeah. You did, know? Did he, he have? All... Did Chuck have another job? Or it yeah, his... he worked at like, he
3: was like a machinist or higher than that at McDonnell Douglas. Oh wow. And he worked graveyard, so he'd get off super early, and then he'd shoot and go home, sleep, go to In work. Afternoon.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah that's cool you know you always wonder because it's like so hard to make did, a living did he
3: surf too yeah he was good but he put his surfing aside he, he was married and his wife um, surfed she was Japanese um, not Yuki but I'm sorry Chuck but kind of forget yeah. And yeah she was so sweet and Chuck and her would surf all the time but he really put down a lot to shoot everybody yeah you know I think I met him because Steve Webb on Northside or Steve Webb Huntington Beach. Yeah. Or for Wind and Sea.
1: Well, we talked about like, I see Steve still. Yeah.
3: I saw him last week. Yeah. We saw him at the
1: cliffs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well we saw of...
3: riding a huge like you know not that Steve. That's that's a different Steve. Okay. Steve Webb was a Wind and Sea surfer. Team rider. Okay. And Ding Repair, employee, and all that. But super super hot pro.
1: Yeah. Well we you know surf Steve photographers were like kind of like you would be considered like a pro getting a shot in the mag was super prestigious for them. Yeah. So they took it serious and it was like, you know, like that was kind of, you know, if you weren't, you know, if he surfed, Chuck surfed well and whatever, and he kind of wasn't in the prime, wasn't that guy, you know, it's yeah. nothing more satisfying than trying to like be a good photographer and getting that photo of, yeah. you know, himself making some money. But it's when getting I, I look through the
0: mags that I have, the old breakouts and yeah, yeah. Surfing. Sack. There's a lot of Chuck Schmidt. Oh killer. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of Chuck Schmidt. Oh. And I just
3: showed you his Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. He's still shooting. The whole world's different now, you know, it's not like film and magazines. Yeah. But he adapted. So did, it, you that,
0: did you know that did you know that um Mike Morris shot was gonna be in the mag or did you find it? Were you surprised and found um, out
3: later? I kind of was a little bit of friends with Mike and he said, I got a really good photo of you. And that's all he said. Photographers like to keep it undercover till yeah. it pops because a lot of times you get edited last second on the cutting floor. Yeah. Not you, this guy. Yeah. And it's happened to Laura a couple times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: A couple times. Yeah. So, yeah, he finally told me and it was coming out for sure. And I saw it and I was like whoa yeah and don't ask me why I had a laminate on my board it said Prolite cover shot it looked like cover shot right full page bright color super bright rip curl pink railed fog blue on the inside Hurley thruster laser zap thing <laughs> and Prolite Dave Nelson looked at it and he goes dang man he goes like I couldn't even pay for that like you want a bag and I'm like, yeah, I need a travel bag, you know. And then he started sponsoring me. <laughs>
0: yeah. So earlier, you, you okay. were going to tell us a story about
3: South going Africa. to South Africa. Yeah. So offshore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Surfer Magazine, Surfing Magazine. No, Surfer. Randy Rarick ran an ad, you know. And it said, go to South Africa for $23,000, $2,300. And surf. Durban, Surf J Bay, and all this, and the contest—it was for the contest, right? And uh, so I'm sitting home, looking at it, looking at the magazine, and I go, I, "I almost got that money." So got the money, contacted him uh, by letter, obviously, and and I said, "I want to go," and I went, and I got into the Durban contest. So you paid your own way. Yeah. Okay. I was—I had sponsors, but they were just like product. You know, I was nobody yet, you know. or So I go and then I got in the German contest and I did pretty good. Well, before we even talk about that, like I get over the On the plane is the world tour, the IPS world tour. Oh, I had wow. Mark Richards, all the Hawaiians. We stopped in Hawaii and got everybody. Dane Kiloa, Louis Ferreira, Michael Ho, Hans Hiedemann. And then we also had Chris Barella, And Mike Benavides from South Bay—they rode for Offshore. Joey Brand showed up over there, he rode for Offshore. And Randy, so we arrive, take this big photo. I have the photo still of a newspaper in South Africa, and it said, "The U.S. surfers arrived today for the
1: um, Gunson 500." Wow! Crazy you guys all traveled together like that, you know? Mind blowing. And I'm sure there wasn't very many flights, but still that. that's just wild. That well, Randy, Randy put it on, so he booked it all. You know?
0: So you flew from L.A. to Hawaii to South Africa.
3: Yeah, with a couple stops, and I didn't really like plane rides. You know, I never been on one so much, and I think it's probably one of the farthest flights you could take. Yeah, right. And all the turbulence and stuff through the night, and I saw the guys, like these other guys, like taking Quaaludes and stuff and sleeping. <laughs> It's like, funny wait, I was like where can sorry? I get
2: mine <laughs> yeah
3: um, so we get there and stuff we start surfing the waves were just pumping at the Bay of Plenty and I I know the Bay of Plenty's not there anymore um, they kind of shuffle the jetties around or something hmm. and, and it was just a, a longest barrel that come off a groin and go down the beach and I don't know why it was so good but it was it was heavy for me it was like six to eight feet Simon Anderson's there. Tom Carroll's there. Wow. Everybody's there. And this is
1: the 81? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you um, how'd you fund, fund this? Okay. Well, I just saved my money.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Got some from my dad. I told my dad I'm going to South Africa and he just didn't believe me. I go, no, I'm really going. He goes, yeah, right.
0: Are you graduated from high school then? or?
3: Yeah. Okay. Just out of high school. I, I was 20. I was actually already getting older, like 21, but... You know, all through that 70s, this is the start of 81. I got out in 79, school. And then I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to try to be a pro surfer. Yeah. So I said, if I go on this trip and get in contests, this is the start, you know. I got to go over there and see if I'm good enough, you know.
1: And, and, and South Africa is big in surfing and it's cheap yeah. You know, once you get there. I'm sure you know, like. It wasn't too bad, yeah. Yeah. Because you, you were getting photos in the mag
0: already.
3: A lot of that came later, too. Some of them more later after that trip that trip opened up the doors okay the people i met along the way and um we were shooting like crazy from then on and stuff but
0: you felt you were surfing strong enough to to become a pro
2: surfer yeah yeah
3: yeah i didn't have like um i was intimidated uh, the powerful bigger waves were different it was harder yeah you know a little scarier but everybody, uh, it just worked. I, I maybe wouldn't get the contest result. At that event, I went a few rounds and I got the best tube of my life in a heat wow. to this day. I'm not much of a great tube rider, but this one was so perfect. right hander just stood in it, and all I do is pull in. And uh, I just remember the guy in the mic, you know, I could hear it all echoing. So we, arrived, awesome. we arrive in South Africa. Randy Rare goes, Hey, Joey, uh, Bran, Joey, can you roommate with Mark till David Barr gets here and um, I'm just like oh don't ask that guy man he's like <laughs> 16th in the world you know but I wrote for offshore and stuff and Joey just went yeah yeah so we roomated together We became friends that's awesome and then I go will you help kind of coach me watch my heat and stuff and he goes yeah and he did one time I I caught a wave and went so far down the beach I had to get out and run run back to the groin and get out again and He said, he goes, man, I was so embarrassed, all the people, not embarrassed, it was like shy, in front of all those people up on the beach and the boardwalk, the sand, and I was like running. There's a lot of
2: spectators. I was running
3: slow, I tripped over my leash because I didn't take it off, I was holding it, Yeah. and Joey said to me, he goes, man, I don't ever want to see you run that slow again. If you get out of the water and you're really going to commit, he goes, you need to run, man, and I just went, Okay. (laughs) And never forget it. Never forget it. And after that, you learn stuff along the way, and that's how you learn, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Talking about, like, yeah. taking
3: it serious. I thought I was running, but he told me I was running slow. Um, You got to have more purpose, you know. Yeah. And that's Sherry Brand, the coach. Yeah. But he was a pro surfer that was mind-blowing at that time. The
0: California kid.
3: Yeah, he was. So
0: that trip kind of elevated and it didn't and, and yeah. you got more serious about surfing Yep. Yeah. how many contests were there
3: over there uh-huh it's funny you have a world tour event let's say it's at snapper rock and it, this one's called the Gunson 500 at a good wave and then because everybody's there they said let's hold a second world tour event next week same spot that's awesome called the magna magnum magnum it was a liquor company in mm-hmm. South Africa so there are two world events in within two weeks wow and they just say the, the part, second one right like yeah this... because like all the pros are here they're not going to come back back then people didn't have that money yeah you're not getting paid that much to fly back to Africa for another event that year you know I didn't know much about all that but yeah so the best part of the trip so the contest ends and I did pretty good and I felt kind of excited and I didn't do that good but I didn't make the semis or nothing like that Okay, so then we go to J-Bay. Randy goes, you should get out of here and go to J-Bay, like, right now. And uh, I did. Uh, and I got there, and somebody hooked me up with a friend, and she let me, like, give her a little money to stay at her house. And J-Bay had one house on the whole point. It was Sharon. Sharon's house. and the Billabong. Lady. Nice big house, yeah. And back then, she did country feeling. It wasn't Billabong yet. Yeah. But she always had her hand in on that design and producing clothes or something and the girl I stayed with was friends of hers so we got to go to the house one dinner night you know and I met more people and stuff like that but I got Cirque J Bay for a few weeks straight and
2: wow that was you were there like, for a while
3: yeah it was life-changing that wave was life-changing being regular foot and and um it was good what boards were you riding then Hurley 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 twins on that comp
1: wait, wait, what kind of how many boards did you bring with you two <laughs> yeah well i mean that well some people just one was came with one but
3: and you know what you guys back then it was pre thruster it was 81 simon had a thruster nobody else nobody else in 81 yeah on but that trip. before south africa before he got there he won the coke in sydney coca-cola contest he won giant bells on the thruster do you guys remember that? Yeah. That bell's like 12 feet. Yeah. yeah. Biggest I've ever seen a contest.
0: That's what kind of put him on the map was winning that contest on his own yeah. thruster design.
3: So we had twin fins for everyday surfing and we had a single fin in case it got big. And you did not want to go to that single fin and ride, a, ride you know, whatever size surf you had to ride. Yeah. And so I said them You stay on your twin, even when it's too big for it, because yeah. you, you want to do turns, right? Yeah. So yeah, With Jay Bay on a Hurley twin and just uh, bitching. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Probably you, three. Did you did you get it like
3: as good yeah, as? Yeah, we got it really small, and then then it turned on, and like Sean Thompson, Bobby Owens out the back, so deep and far out the back, I I couldn't even fathom making this wave, right? Because I didn't know much about the weight, yeah. except for it's perfect. And then uh, Martin Potter just turned pro at that German contest, 16 on 20, ripping like nobody ever seen. Uh, back up on Potts, he won, he got finals of both those pro events. Wow. 16, he took out Sean Thompson somewhere along the ladder going up to the final. Uh, lost to Shane Haran he lost to Mark Richards in the final of both events, he instantly was all over the world, like the map of magazine, magazine, you know.
1: Who's this super young superstar? Yeah, Yeah, 16 Potter. Because he turned pro at 15. From South Africa. Yeah. But he didn't grow up there, right? He He grew up in Britain and England, yeah. Yeah. UK. But he he was there for a while in surfing. Spent a lot of time in California, but he turned pro at 15, I think. 15 or 16. Yeah, 16 maybe. I think it was
3: right at that time when I was there. Yeah, you know? so uh, Mark Price was there, and he just came from Bells, and I think he made semifinal or final with Simon. I could be totally wrong on that, but Mark was ripping big bells, and he got to Durban and all that. He was the Gotcha team manager, and he was taking care of Potter. Mm-hmm. And we went, they were in J Bay and stuff too. So yeah. rad. Yeah. Tom Hello. Carroll. I saw Tom writing I was I was a guy from Lakewood, dude. Yeah. And I was like, if I could only had a phone back then, to take photos, videos, and text, you know. Yeah. But we had to hold it all in and write a letter. Yeah. I wrote letters, man. <laughs> and I went back home and I told my dad I met a chick over here in South Africa. I go, I might marry her.
1: <laughs> this place is amazing there's yeah. this place called J Bay and yeah it's it's really I mean outside of Durban like it's pretty rural especially J Bay at that time there's nothing there probably it was the one house yeah. and we stayed in a hotel like
3: another bay over I think they called the break Magnatubes, but um, it was really good me, Bran, Joy Bran, David Barr this guy Tim and then I met Peggy let me stay at her house you know give her a little cash and she made some money traveling surfers and it was cool
0: yeah so uh, after south Africa, did you do any surf trips before then
3: nope first one of my life wow
0: let
1: <laughs> and you know oh yeah 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 but we like, grew up going to k38 but like getting a passport Panag- and going like south africa was yeah. the jam did you end up first, going and make it to australia not till later yeah a little later so so going back a couple then, years probably what was your first
0: like uh, surf trips to to Mexico. We in high school
3: still. But wait, one second. After South Africa it was Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Oh, shit. On the and I made. Joey said to me, "He goes, you get out this next heat, you're in the money." He goes, "You should turn pro. You're already like 20 something." And I go, "Okay, man, I gotta get through this heat." And I didn't make it through the heat. No. <laughs> and I would have been in the main event, the man on man stuff, and I didn't make it. And I wish I could say I did. And, Joe Pro there.
1: What would have been the money in that next round? Yeah. Nothing. Probably <laughs> <Up $100>. 200
3: bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I seriously don't even know what they got paid at the top. You make that. So the trials, the 32 people or whatever. It's, you know, you got to get to the top 32 to go man to man back then. Yeah. IPS World Tour. Yeah.
0: Um, so was that after South Africa?
3: Yeah. It was right after. It's all one big trip. Wow. South Africa, Brazil home you know so you were gone for a couple months a little not quite yeah like i, I maybe i went in J bay as long as i said maybe it was like a couple of weeks yeah but enough time that it seemed like multiple swells came
0: how, how good were the waves any good in brazil no it was
3: like surfing south bay apador and it was gonna we went to this really cool place i think where they just outside of Brazil we had to go hunt for ways because it was small and dude they put you in the back of a pickup truck and they were hauling ass <laughs> and you're holding on for dear life dude like they're just all you know like <laughs> and it was different and everybody dropped in on you everybody 1981 took off and dropped in <laughs> sorry Tiago yeah <laughs> well but it was brutal It's like you know if you were super famous, maybe they didn't drop in. Yeah. You know, Mark Richard, Shane Uran. So Shane Horan won the Brazil contest.
0: So Brazil was already frothing with, with a, bu- a bunch of surfers. Yeah. Surfing yeah. was already popular.
3: Yeah, it was popular. And there's a few guys that could made it to that way upper level. You know, yeah. I'm sure. You know, I was still green at everything. I was learning everything while I was there. These are the guys in the magazine. That's why I knew them, you know. Yeah. What a trip that, you know... Here you are. You're not pro, right? No, you weren't not
0: And you see the ad in the the magazine, Randy Rarick said, yeah. come surf South Africa. You showed Jay Bay just yeah. peeling. Yeah. And you did it. Like, yeah. you just said, fuck it, I'm going to go. Yep. And you got to experience kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime thing.
3: Truly, yeah. Like, I got to surf the event, you know? And I got to go to Brazil. I was in... It was like... Um, Not like today, where you have to have points, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, you're from California? I'll put you in the trials. You know, it's like, if Randy said, Randy would put you in.
1: we got to take a break. we got a guest.
3: Jay, am I rambling too much? No way. This is awesome. Come on
1: in. Uh, I do want to say... before
3: this hey. is over, I saw you out uh, of Saturday one day when I came home from Idaho. Yeah. About i never seen nobody. No, Lennon served. wants to hear this, so you can go. My, I saw you. Jay when you, I came home from Idaho, and I was like, who's ripping, man? And like, i was starting to get my groove back on. This is class. after I'm retired, I'm a rep. I'm just a and dad. And he was on this firewire, just whack. And I go, who serves like that? And
1: it was him. <laughs> and uh, We're rolling right now. Oh, Are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he said, he yeah. I going to take a break.
0: Okay, we'll take a break.
3: So, yeah, Jay can surf all right. Jay, I don't know if you guys capture what I said and saw, but it was Southside. I had a trip of quite a few years in Idaho, and I I'd come home and kind of get my surf back on, and I just saw Jay at Southside and just ripping. I never seen nobody throw that much water. Was the wave good? <laughs> it was good. It was like three to four or five feet, you know, mm. like... A couple feet overhead.
1: You're on a firewire? He was on a firewire. Yeah, I worked for, I wrote for him and or sold their boards. Oh, for that's years. right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Rep.
1: Yeah. You and something. Nichols? Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Yeah. But so, uh, the show's not about I'm, some nevs. Some I am guys honored
3: some... to be here with Jay Larson. Cause hear that? He, I was so early <laughs> into what we're talking about. Like Jay came 20 years later? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. But Lyndon. I came ho- I knew Lyndon before I moved to Idaho, and Lyndon was uh, riding fishes by stamps, and I never seen somebody go so fast and cover so much ground on a closeout wave that, and he's making—he's so
1: good at going down the line, <laughs> down the line, <laughs> <lot laughs> and kicking out. He was railing or <laughs> lobster diving. All right,
3: no, that's enough out of you. I-, I couldn't leave this session without <laughs> totally saying I'm blown away by you two. You know, for oh, a oh, for
0: Okay, so come back from South Africa.
3: Yep. Uh, that's when the shooting photos started. And then I got a little bit of meeting people all along, all along the way. So um, that's how that photo stuff
1: started. And you had photo incentives with your sponsors and stuff, or? <laughs> I don't even think so. I think no? I had free product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because that was a pretty lucrative for those that could get lots of photos, yeah, it yeah. was a way to like, stay home work some side jobs, if you know, maybe local pro events, but you can make money doing all of that.
3: Yeah, and so we came home from South Africa and I got sponsored by Gotcha. Wow! Yeah, Mark Price saw me surf J-Bay, and he said, I came to the factory in Fountain Valley, and Mark's team manager, and and I had my portfolio and stuff. He goes, I don't need to see your portfolio. I saw you surf. He goes, what are you looking for? I go, product? He goes, all right, you know. And I started riding for Gotcha right after that trip. I'm wow. looking for a Rip Curl. A tour and then a, ticket? It was a whole turnaround. It was like Rip Curl wetsuits and then Gotcha. And everything was bright and loud. And yeah. Pearly Surfboard still and HSS. Those
1: were the brands. Yeah. Those were the big brands. And Gotcha was... They were real big at that time. Yeah. because yeah. Because
3: Quicksilver... Still going. ...was, was the big
0: one. And then yeah.
3: Gotcha was like the young upstart brand, right? Yeah they had pants like shorts called clam diggers below the knee and they they were new wave or something i not really punk rock you know but they were definitely edgy set edgy and setting trends and stuff and potter was their main guy yeah i believe rock star yeah
1: it was shane shane Shane, oh yeah
0: shane Shane. ran
3: too Yeah. yeah and potter yeah
0: uh Michael Thompson, obviously.
3: Michael, I'd see him at work. Did I tell you? I used to work there? No. So I almost worked for every sponsor I had. And that's how <laughs> I shook hands and made my way along, you know? Like, yeah. So I uh, got a job at Gotcha. knew all the Laguna boys, all the Laguna boys, and Mark Price and Michael Thompson all live in Laguna, and they worked there. And they would take a surf in, like, hey, you want to come surf to Elliot? It's going to be good tonight after work. And i go, yeah. And I became friends with everybody. In Laguna, mm-hmm. but worked there, and um, Michael was that, Thompson was, your, was a legend, dude. Like, was that your first job? Pretty much, it was the first industry job,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. And then um, it was pretty fun. A lot of you know how it is in surf industry stuff, a lot of fun parties and yeah. food and those parties, all that stuff. But one time, Michael Thompson goes, Hey, I got these Japanese guys flying in at Orange County. He goes, Will you go pick them up? He goes, Here's a sign says her name <laughs> I'm like yeah I'll go I was packing boxes man. I got Michael had a 528i BMW four door I'm like big deal back then you know I'm driving that thing to Orange County and I'm just standing there with a sign pick these four couple guys up who don't speak any English really and um, took, like took licensee,
1: like they're you know guys from for, for the brand yeah yeah so epic yeah <laughs> this is the kind of job <laughs> you had to do you know but so you worked at the warehouse. I worked at the warehouse
3: packing boxes. Steve Clark worked there. No way. Yeah, he went on to be the Bill Bong, main Billabong for years. Big wing, man. Yeah, Steve Clark, dude. There was a guy named Jack Denny. I'm afraid he passed away, and uh, he was a legend. They wrote. Um, they were just Laguna guys. Yeah, Matt. Jack Frodo. Denny um, was the one
0: oh, that they, or, uh,
3: World Jungle, World Jungle. So, so, and, World, yeah, um, I was gonna say that, and then you know the guy Enoch. Enoch, yeah. Enoch, man. He ran. He was one of those Laguna guys too. Mm -hmm. Maybe a gotcha guy in the beginning and later on Billabong and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Arnett too. Wow. Well, the the surf scene was blowing up. And I'm, you know, just like any young guy, you know, get in, work, you know, work the, you know, get in with the company, get some experience, work your way up. You never know what it's going to turn into. You know, that's almost every industry job kind of started like that. So you,
0: the era that, you were getting shots in the mag. Yeah. is the same time as like Echo Beach was happening, right?
3: Uh, yeah. They started a little bit earlier, you know, Jeff Parker, Danny Kwok, and Preston Murray. And then it was right then, though. It was yeah. right then. They started all that, you know. And I go down Surf Newport all the time. Got to know those guys. Friends yeah. Friends of Parker. And Danny was just like a legend. I didn't really become his friend. But it, we were acquaintances. Yeah. Hey,
2: yeah.
0: So, um, working for Gotcha, still, were you trying to surf more oh. pro contests and stuff? Well,
3: yes, yes. PSW, okay, I went out there trying to do some the world tour events, and I, I could tell I was a black sheep, not going to make it, you know, and I went to Hawaii too, and all that, North Shore, and I learned the big waves are heavy, <laughs> you know, really pipes heavy, and so... PSAA started. I don't know what year, maybe eighty-three or four, maybe something like that.
0: Yeah, because Joey started it first, right? Maybe or so. Ant.
3: Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Body because he wrote for Body Club, I mm-hmm. think, and yeah, the Maestral started it or something. And Bud Pro Tour started, so I didn't have to try to be a world tour surfer. I I don't think I was good enough. So, but the but that tour was a lot easier, you know.
1: And it was local.
3: Pretty local. Much. You didn't have to travel. You didn't have to get plane tickets and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And it was... Uh, you know, you could make good money. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah.
3: Like,
1: I remember all the good guys. I you mean, know. you look at how many... You know, Dino, Dino and Dino... and and... Shane Besson. Shane Besson yeah. and Chris Brown and, like, Vinny de la and, Oh, my gosh. I mean, there was an era... Mike Parsons like, was so yeah, good. Yeah, Chris Frilhoff and Parsons and, you know, yeah. like... I mean, I, I'm just... <clears throat> Yeah. Visualizing all those names yeah. as like I was watching it as a, as a kid, yeah. you know, and you're just like, holy smokes! Like, you know, was it hot, hot, or hot summer nights, Wednesday yeah. nights? It, it was freaking like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a yeah, magazine. And you could visit those, you could go to like, you know, the contest would start on like Wednesday, but you could go roll to them on like the weekends and go watch, yeah, like you said, make a, make a weekend of it. And it's like, oh, it's in Malibu this weekend or San Diego. I mean, they used to have it at State Beach here in Huntington. Yeah. You know? Off of Brookhurst. It was Bolsa, and then it moved to Brookhurst. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, did you do the Catons?
1: Yes. with she
0: HSS.
3: Challenges? I did Surf did Sport. I did Sport. We had a really good team. We had Bobby Clean, Rub-a-Dub. Um, Another Lang. Lakewood alumni, huh? Oh, yeah. Bobby's Long Beach, Scott Lane. He was the man. He yeah. surfed like Sean Thompson, and he had this wind-up thing and killer bottom turn, big turns. And Lane was Lane. Lakewood too? Yeah, he went to Lakewood High. Yeah. So and well, there's a couple dudes that were, you know. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Kate and Bobby Clean did really good. He got in the quarterfinals, made our team get second. Nice. You know, all of us got knocked out early. <laughs> Not early, early. I don't even know what we did. But yeah. Bobby was the man. And it was pumping Northside. It was big. And so, yeah. Did did you do any of the OP pros? Yes. Yep. Serve those. What happened was I won the NSA Nationals men's division, and then you always had like to have a stepping stone to say I'm pro. I'm going to turn pro. Yeah. You couldn't just turn pro. You right. Know. Australia, you had to win the New South Wales title, maybe a Gold Coast something pro junior title or something. Yeah. You have to have some sort of stepping stone. So when I won that, that was it was on at that time.
0: So you won national men's title.
3: Yeah. Yep. Where? 1983. Where at? Okay. Southside, Huntington. Nice. Yeah. Just got Jeff Novak at second, Manhattan. We, we Bro, had him on the podcast. Oh, he's insane. Jeff, yeah. love yeah. you, man. Yeah. We had some good times together. So you like two... Some Australian friends and Jeff and this and that and surfing everywhere.
0: Yeah. Such I, good times. I, I have to bring this up. You just I don't know why it reminded me, but I remember... Looking up to you as a kid, and you—you you guys are always kind of on the pulse of fashion yeah. and like music. Yeah, and I remember I think so. fucking going to a party, <sighs> and you and some other dudes were dressed like rappers.
3: Do you <laughs> really? remember that? That was a little bit later on, but yeah, me and my friend Darren Wells, and we yeah. were so into break dancing. Yes, God, I don't. Man, why am I talking about it here? Because I won't talk about the shop. I didn't even want people to look at me and go, You must have been lame. No, but dude, you were lame. Like... They we went to New York. It was all because of Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker was rockabilly during, he was during that
2: rock, yeah.
3: Um, Kodak Sandbar, the Echo Beach era. Jeff had this guy come stay with him named Bobby Potts. His name is Bobby, his name is Flip Rock in New York City Breakers. And he was staying right there at the beach across the street, 54, 56 and Jeff started showing me talking me about breakdance and he did it all it was all because of him yeah yeah and I was stoked to hang with Jeff he was a legend yeah you know, he was a young cover shot guy yeah he server. was part of the
0: whole Echo yeah. Beach hot 100 the hottest 100 yards or whatever <laughs> but I remember I would see you at parties and be like fuck those guys are cool like they're kind of like way you know what I mean like you guys were trendsetters yeah and then uh and then, like, the next year, the year after... Something he, different. He was fucking driving a Harley. Yeah. And you were, like... A couple of years after that. Yeah. Happened. Like, it was, like, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue style. That was, you like,
3: know? six years later. But it was, like... My brother said to me, like, he was into punk rock and playing guitars and these really not very good bands. But, yeah. you know, punk didn't have to be all that good. Yeah. But he was committed. And he... He said, why do you always change it, man? Like, I go, because why? who wants to stay in the same thing? Yeah. That was my thought. Like, I came out of high school, long hair and a first facial fuzz, you know. And Jack Grisham talked to me at the beach, and he, we are dressing up. We are getting our clothes on, taking our wetsuits off. And he put on this coat. It said it was a black dress coat, and it had a safety pin through it. It said Johnny Coat Hanger. And, like, I'm like, what is that, dude? What are you into? And... He goes, oh, we're playing tonight. Come to our party. And it's pre-TSOL, pre-TSOL. Oh, I know the name of the band, but I. Can't so
2: tell. huge.
3: Yeah, so I went to the party. A couple months later, I probably cut my hair off, dyed it white, and my girlfriend broke up with me. Thought I was hideous, and <laughs> I lost my girlfriend. <laughs> went to her her full head. punk went and from. We spoke. And to I found. Punk. I found a wallet with a guy with blonde hair, looked kind of like me. He's twenty-seven years old and I took the ID California driver's license and I was going to like Asian liquor stores and using it and um, not to you know but they were and I could go in the whiskey I could go into any place the bands were playing so surf all day party all out night I wasn't like a big partier but I was like just totally into yeah. totally into going out yeah. you know Dude, those are the days and where you yeah, it's your 20s yeah now young 20s and stuff like that so it was fun so Jack um, I wasn't like the coolest I don't think anybody remembered me as a punk you know but we were just skateboarding thrift store shopping to find the right clothes and there were the guys downtown HB you know Mike Roach Ron Emery running surf shops like Sunline Surf Shop yeah yeah Mike Roach opened up Metal Monster in the back Abdul led him by the Creepers and all the stuff you'd look for in Hollywood.
1: Electric chair. Electric chair. Yeah. 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 Creepers. And Doc Martens. I, you know,
3: I was working for Rip Curl now and I'd go in there and get all the wetsuit repairs. So I'd talk to those guys and uh, that was a good one. This is yeah. another good job. I started at Harbor and i go to Oceanside. Anybody that sold Rip Curl, all of them, I'd stop do with all their the... repairs. Mm. And I'd take them down to Oceanside to the factory, drop them off, grab the ones finished and come back and deliver them. And I could go surfing, you know. And On the way down, what a good uh, cool job! Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And and anyway, so
0: so let's let's go back to you're in Huntington. Yeah, you're riding for Hurley. Yeah, right. And an HSS and HSS yeah. rip curl gotcha. Yeah. Um, when did you start working for Hurley?
3: Oh, okay. So another job comes up. <laughs> I surf a lot. And then Bob asked me if I need a job. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you should come work for me at Hurley Surfboards. And so he got me to run the showroom. That's all I did. You know, make sure we're stocked and answer the phone and take work order, uh, Hurley Surfboard orders. Yeah. And and so I did it. He, said, you, he goes, you know what, man? He goes, you're really good at telling customers that their board's not ready. Because I was nice. And, so. <laughs> and I'm like
2: oh I hate
3: that part of the job it's Friday night they're going somewhere and they want their board it's not ready I didn't know the pressure of what that was like you know and then uh, I was telling you a little bit about this Uh, Chip Rowling came in one day come home from Australia and Bali and he said Bob man you should sell Billabong in here he goes I just got back from Australia it's like number two over there and he goes Quicksilver's owning it but you see so much Billabong Bob said and they started talking and, uh, you know, I'm not the authoritative, know everything on that, how it happened, but I was there. And they just talked behind the doors, you know, business and Bob got started. I know, but Dwight Dunn said, he said it so well, if you guys haven't listened to Dwight Dunn's podcast here, listen. Because he explains HB so well and how Billabong got started with Bob Hurley. A couple partners. And I just remember Chip coming in saying, hey, Bob, you should sell Billabong here. But I knew Gordon didn't want to sell to a shop. He wanted to be U.S. wide, you know. Mm-hmm. So Bob took it on with all the good things Dwight said. Yeah. He, he knew the facts of everything so well. Because Hurley just had a showroom, right? It was just a showroom and, and the shaping were... stalls were behind the wall, you know, three bays.
0: Yeah. yeah. And what was, did he just have his own t-shirts in there? Or? Yeah,
3: that's all it was.
1: T-shirts.
3: Gosh, man. Maybe I'm somewhere. sure we had wax and leeches yeah. and stuff like that.
1: But he couldn't get a Quicksilver account because somebody down the street had it, so yeah, <laughs> that's where it kind of all came together from what we've been told, you know. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh, but wait, Billabong's like, number two, and I could get Billabong, and yeah, kind of.
0: But from what, what he was saying, that Dwight said that he didn't just want to sell to one guy, yeah, he wanted one guy to manage to, all you distribute it. And then Bob was like, Okay, can we do this? And then you know, he partnered up with. Joe Kay and Dwight and then boom, they, they, uh,
3: they started Billabong USA. Yeah, so from Hurley Surfboards, Bob said, why don't you come work for us at Billabong? Because we're going to be like two block, two traffic lights over. I go, yeah, I need a job. It'd be cool. He goes, we'll sponsor you too if, if this takes off and everything. And, and so Bob, you know, got me on the team. And then no more gotcha and went to Billabong. And I remember Mark Price. I had to tell him. And I go, "Hey, I'm not gonna. write forgot gotcha you anymore. Not like a real big deal to him. Yeah. But, but you're being you be professional, yeah. you know, yeah. and nice, you know, for all the good stuff you do. Because they
1: employed you and they sponsored you, and yeah. you know,
3: so it's like, yeah. hey, it's kind of like sad when you have to leave a sponsor. You know, you feel kind of like stressed out to bring it up. Yeah. But anyway, Mark said, "I knew you always would because Bob makes your boards and stuff. So Bob, I just packed boxes." I got there. It was just Dwight in the back room, and I thought I was the fifth employee because I didn't see anybody. Yeah, it was, but there were people behind the scenes, and me and Dwight just had boxes of shorts and we had to trim threads and make sure they looked good. And like you're talking
0: them. the ground floor. Yeah,
3: it was a tiny little uh, rental yeah. place that was like a business, but really
1: small. You know. And board shorts were getting made in, like, Santa Ana or L.A., like, close.
3: Like, like Dwight said, L.A., yeah. yeah. But we get boxes and cases of, of shorts. Like, remember the fluoro short? The fluorescent Aki? Um, one thing Dwight didn't say, because I just listened to it. I was so impressed by it, I couldn't believe it. But how good he was about the facts and everything and how it went down. But Billabong was so popular when Bob Hurley went to Florida... Everybody loved Bob, right? So, Bob, you selling this? I'll buy it. Load me up. You know, they just love Bob. And he's that kind of guy. He's, you know, he's so likable and stuff, trustworthy, honest. So, Billabong grew because of Bob and Aki. Aki's the reason. He was battling Kern. Everybody likes something new, just like we're talking about trends and fashion and yeah. stuff, you know. Something Great new. rivalry
1: on, in both athletes in the water and then brands on the yeah. board and on the beach you mm-hmm. know so you and, just had that like in uh,
0: australia and the the whole like australian brash oh, you yeah. know like the, their their slang and, and the way that they were surfing
3: they owned the world back then, but you know surfing like
0: like busted down the door was before but that was like you know what i mean like that was australia they were like Coming onto the scene and and like you know calling USA guys Sepos and like <laughs> right like yeah. and the whole like the polka dots and and checkerboards were Quicksilver USA Echo Beach and then with with Billabong it was that fluoro fade yeah, yeah. and then Bad Billies and then yeah all know, that started kind of like. um the Aki, like you the said. The cord jacket.
3: They Billabong, before the floral fades and all that stuff, so had a cord jacket zipped up. The Bro. badge right here, you yeah. know, said Billabong. It was so sick. It could be like white with per, light purple sleeves or some color, yeah. a lot of colors. And I remember I went really for gotcha, but I had that jacket. And since I live in Lakewood, nobody saw me wear it. You know, I could <laughs> wear it all the time. I loved
1: it. Yeah, um, Billabong was like, I mean, only a surfer knows the feeling. Yeah. They had they were putting yeah. out movies every year. Mm-hmm. They were doing everything, like right yeah. because yeah. it. I wouldn't say it
0: happened quickly, but it seemed like it happened quickly, right? Yeah, because you Bill, were there from the Bill start.
3: Billabong grew really fast because, like I said, Aki, and business wise, because Bob and Gordon was known, and the Australian crew were known. They they were legit, you know, great company mm-hmm. starting in America. And because those, really, the two combos that I saw as a surfer, just made it pop. Yeah. And it went fast. Quicksilver didn't like us. I don't think Danny Kwok talked to me much anymore. <laughs> I don't. Danny doesn't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. No, nah, but anyway, Cordell Miller, God bless you, dude. He he left Quicksilver at a young age to come right for Billabong. Ooh. And that's when I think, like, if Danny knew who I was, he didn't like me. Yeah. Cordell Miller... Is the man? He was so young, blonde hair, good looking, funny man. He'd be down at the beach and rapping to everybody, like yeah, in a good way, not like overly done, you know. And so, when time went on at Billabong, I ran the team. I started running the team, and Bob had like nine jobs, and he had to start delegating work. And I was surfing the contests and stuff, so perfect, you know. But I always told him, I go, Bob, we got to sponsor this guy in Florida. They say he's like, he's the Cordell Miller of Florida. And Cordell was our example of, you need this guy for the brand, you know. Who was the guy in Florida? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Oh, it could have been. You need to find somebody. No, no. Like, I'd say, Bob, we got to sponsor this guy. And I'd have to, you know, bring it to Bob. You know, The only person I talked to up there at Billabong was Bob. He was my boss, you know. So... I got to sell it. This guy's the Cordell Miller uh, of oh, okay, Florida. Okay. You need him. Yeah. He's like, everybody talks about him. It's funny. He rips and all that.
1: And those two camps, like Billabong and Quicksilver, like... They battled. It was battling. Yeah. You know? And each... You know, they did a really good job, like most companies. Yeah. You know, they pick... They'd all go after the best couple guys in each town, or girls, or whatever, you know? And it would be like oh they're the billabong camp or the quicksilver camp and it was even at a very young age you you felt that tension and you felt like and whether you you know whatever you went with like i was a quicksilver kid you know i had a lot of guys that rode for billabong you know too that we would see but even in the water you're like well i'm quick you know like you would still have that it wasn't just mono mono surfing and contests like it was about the badge on your fucking surfboard too. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. It was awesome. Yeah, it's a trip because everyone,
0: for the longest time, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, that was called Velcro Valley, right? Because all the surf brands came out of. Oh yeah, Costa yeah. Mesa. Yeah, Billabong, Quicksilver, Volcom. Ruka. Who else? Root Um but that was. Where everything happened. And then like Newport Beach, Huntington, those were the, you know, everyone wants to own their backyard, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And to have the best kid ride for Billabong or Quicksilver or, or any of the other brands
1: like that was, you know. Yeah. You wanted to own the, the, the backyard. Yeah. And they battled over it heavily.
3: Well, like when Hurley started the brand Hurley after Billabong, um, Gomez said, we want to own Huntington Pier. Paul Gomez, by the way, we worked together. I got to say man. him, we had so much fun. Um, we would go out and see these bands play. Sorry, I totally interrupted. In terms no. Of a so we would Another see great make. episode. He came by from way. Quicks over to work for Billabong. And Mike Lesher, was the sales manager at Quick, came over to work for Billabong. So we had a couple new guys and they were cool. Me and Paul hit it off and we'd go out at night and see bands play in this era of a and stuff. And, yeah. And Paul would sleep on my floor and he, he used to like grease his hair back into a ponytail and he didn't move and like he'd wake up and go, let's go to work. And he'd get off my floor with like blanket or something, I don't know, dressed in the clothes he wore out at night, all of them, still in his clothes. Let's go to work. <laughs> and let's go, you know. And I was the best man at his wedding and stephanie gomez so super cool, so nice, and um, yeah, so time went on, and it was fun,
2: yeah,
1: that's crazy yeah the i i when I remember gomez being the team manager, yeah. you know, and when
3: I was most everybody does like, i know,
1: yeah, when I was kind of you know in that young becoming sponsorship age or whatever, you yeah. know, like he was he was the guy yeah, and yeah. d k which you know kind of ran Quicksilver and then Woolley was right under him those were the guys yeah. that we dealt with on the, and right. they had other people underneath there were there was a definitely a multi-level where Billabong was tight it was his Gomez you know yeah Quicksilver had you know DK was VP of marketing and then you know Woolley ran like right under him and then they had other hand you know it was a definitely a more corporate they already public they were already like kind of massive and different yeah. you know yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was. Awesome. If you check this awesome. out, um, showing his pictures, uh, Frohoff,
3: Wolcott, uh, Brian McN- Mike Parsons, Brian McNulty, Terrence McNulty, Kelly Gibson.
1: Yeah, look at that one. And
3: there's a reader up on the porch.
1: Look at guy. <laughs> is that guy. Uh, you
3: can picture oh, those guys. Kind of this photograph is uh, done by. Yeah, you by gotta send us. me this. This photograph is done by, um, I want to say Moyer, it was Moyer, he shot, the, we went to the North Carolina. Is that Alyssa US, right yeah, there? That's Alicia. Yeah, that's Alicia Alyssa, Alicia. and Alyssa, uh, yeah. And these guys are all, so many of them work in the surf industry, yeah, with, yeah. with you guys, you know, and it was just a time we went over there. and. So
0: how, how long did you work
3: at Billabong for? I was only there for about 8 years, 7-8 years only. Well, it's not that long really. I a couple of years in shipping and receiving and team manager. There was a recession and it was like grunge came out and nobody wanted to buy Billabong pants or jackets or Quicksilver, even, yeah. you know. But I knew Billabong, so um everybody wanted to go to thrift stores, buy baggy jeans with holes, old shirts, kind of like you know, Now? It's like music <laughs> dictates surfing big time. Yeah. It always has. I think Grunge was... That was it. And so the economy was slow. And Gomez came over. He was a really better businessman than me. I was just super surfer related. Like I could relate to the guys and stoke them out, you know. I only go so far, you know. So I got cut. Paul got the job. And you guys know the rest after that, Gomez, you know. So a lot of the guys um, don't remember, you know. Like our Hawaiian team was insane. Poncho Sullivan and, of course, Ronnie Burns and Marvin Foster and all these guys, right. And um, Latronic ran the team in Hawaii because, you know, you need somebody on the East, like Hawaii, run the team, pick the guys and all that stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a whole different entity on, like, East Coast is yeah, it's part of America, but it's yeah. just such a different you vibe in, in Beast. And you know the people that are hitting mags and doing well in contests, but to know the local like vibe is different than California or West yeah. Coast, and different from Hawaii. And you just need somebody there to help support your guys' like teams anyway. So yeah. as they grow, there's definitely more positions for you know people to be mm. implemented in those like marketing positions or team positions. But yeah. So, um, so after that, you- that led to the next step of
3: life. I married a girl at Billabong and, uh, yeah, I lost my job and stuff, but not like, cause I was a jerk and I ditched.
2: Yeah. You Recession know, hit.
1: I, yeah. You learn that during your, uh, your gardening days, landscaping days. Yeah. Don't ditch.
3: And, um, so yeah, I left and started working a little construction and my best friends were gonna move to Idaho, or husband and wife, and their kids. And my wife and her were like sisters. And she goes, What do you think about going to Idaho? And I go, Oh man, not much. <laughs> it took some time, like a year and a half or so. And I said, well, You know, I don't have nothing to hold me back here. I'm not working surf anymore. I'll go. Let's go. You know. It's so all women. We went to Idaho. And I wasn't very impressed at first. It was really hard the first year because surfing and being a surfer. And I was only 33. Gosh, yeah. So I was like, "Your guys, you know, that's Yeah. But I got used to it. We had another child. We had one baby and we moved there. And then we had a baby there. And then the girls, two girls grew up there. And um, so we were, we were there for eight years. And then it was time to come home. My brother said, you should come home. And I thought about it. I, I never thought about it. So busy trying to make money and raise a family, you yeah. know. And you got into plumbing, right? Yeah. I was a plumber. Got in the union. And you know, it's funny. People ask me, like, do you ever go to school? I go, no, just high school. But no, I did. I did a four, four-year apprenticeship program, plumbing. And then I taught for four years plumbing at Boise State University. No way. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't even... I just knew they could make more money. Like you teach at night and you plumb in the daytime go to work in the daytime yeah and I was just trying to do it for the family you know it wasn't like my ultimate gig you know yeah so I did it And.
0: but you're a hustler I mean that's eight years working and day
1: and night that was eight years straight of schooling and working pain and you gotta you gotta you gotta trade for life that you could you know yeah. always rely on and, yeah. and make money at that's you crazy. actually changed a toilet for a me a long house. time ago yeah Yeah. Well, I was yeah. like wait Reader does it? He calls me for light bulbs and, like, you know, garbage disposals and, like, a slider in the bathroom or, or the. Oh, so you're good at construction, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why he keeps me around, you know? A, uh, <laughs> not because you talk so good and search so good? No, not at all. No. Laura, <laughs> oh, I'm having problems over. Luckily, my brother lives closer than the do, so now he gets the brunt of it. Yeah.
3: Hey, you're a homeowner. You need, there's always something. I you. know. Always. always.
1: Yeah, I do love it... side
3: jobs. When I came back to California,
1: that's cool. Um, and then, what was your like? What was your your wife work in? Like,
3: no, I was she was stay at home mom the whole time. That's why I had to work
1: and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you that. guys moved back? Yeah. And then, what was the game plan? Yeah,
3: yeah. So um, came back and you know it's funny. This is the next segment, I don't want to make this too much longer, but I saw Pie on the beach, and he goes, "What are you doing?" It was an NSA going on. I go i'm just surfing checking out this whole thing and kind of getting back around it he goes man so what he basically said he goes you should run our surf team scott wearing just left and Barry might not want to do it anymore he's kind of filling in and like i'll do it so i went plumbed and i was in the union yeah so i was i got in the union i go to work and you work eight hours and you're off right he goes just show up one day a week after work go upstairs And we had photo incident back then and stuff for HSS guys. You were gone, I think. Yeah. I got clipped
1: real early. (laughs) (laughs) You were clipped, right, left.
3: But, you know, Scott Waring, Brett Simpson, the Schwartz, um, Brett Schwartz, and all those good guys. Tom Kern rode for HSS, Lisa Anderson, HSS. It was massive. And um, 33 surfers riding for a surf shop. Wow. And I said, I go, you know, that's a lot of people, but you know, shops are doing great back then.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, it was it was 2006 and five. It was going off. So speed up a little. Aaron goes, we goes, let's go to dinner. We went to dinner because he hey, would you ever work in the store? And I go, man, I told my like, I'm not a kid, you know, like I've got a union job and stuff. He goes, but you know, we'll go surfing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he had to say. And I wanted to, like, be part of surfing since the day I, I got out of it with yeah. Billabong. I just, I'm too old now. I'm 40. There's no way. Can't be a team manager at 40. And so Aaron offered this job. He said, I'll do this, this, and this for you. And we're going to go surfing. We're going to take some trips. And I go, let me think about it. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> the and perks are you're I took not going to a trips. I was so on like refinding really myself, you know. So, it was really good timing. It was perfect timing. And I'm at HSS now going on 18 years. Yeah, huge. And so that's how it started. I didn't go look for a job, and they hired me. He asked me. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't look back on it now at all. I'm so thankful
1: for that early days of 1980, getting hooked up with HSS. Yeah, well, see, that's where the, the, you're just not somebody that knows the industry and you worked for Gotcha and Billabong. You were part of HSS at such a young age yeah. when, you know, Pi was, you know, that you guys were pals at like, yeah, you know, late teens, early eight, 20s. Yeah. Eight, eight, like, he
3: took the store over and then, and then I came around 80 and uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the history of that, if I could tell kids out there, man, shake some hands, talk to some people don't be a kook and look where it could lead you that's yeah. your life you know maybe get to work for some huge company like Ruka or something or like Jay yeah. Yeah. Or, or Linden, Linden. what's yeah. your company Linden
0: yeah. Rivia Projects
3: yeah. Ola We're- Canvas
0: All View Monero Wetsuits Loose Towels yeah look at this guy <laughs> yeah
1: we got all man. kinds of care packages for you you We're guys wrapping this up Yeah. so man.
3: you're listening to my story you guys have the same story I want to interview you guys <laughs> the speeder podcast I want to talk like Lyndon ladies and gentlemen what would you say brothers and yeah brothers and sisters friends and family friends and family brothers and sisters I gotta remember that for tomorrow morning when I go to work
0: (laughs) well I think we'll wrap it up pretty soon but I think you know life happens for a reason and you're exactly where you need to be right like I think so, too. Yeah. yeah, HSS has provided a lot of livelihoods for for, for me, for yeah. us, and, you know, you too. And part of uh, why we started the podcast is, you know, we wanted to promote our culture, our industry, and, you know, we're both sales reps and, you know, we want to promote the shops that we sell to, right? And what better way to do that is having somebody do you're not, um, you're not the mayor of Huntington Beach, no, that's Bud Lamas, that's Bud He's
1: but you're the what what should we call him the acting governor? <laughs> uh, you know it would be like you're definitely like no,
3: adopted you're, you're adopted. I, I was from Lakewood, yeah, let's face it. yeah, and Huntington Beach like thought, guys, as they round thought I'd live there, yeah. Because I surfed at the shop. I mean, where you're
1: born is like, yeah, whatever, you know, like it's where you, your roots are in the surf community and it's Huntington, you know, outside of those first few years and Seal Beach, which is again, it's a brother, sister, you know, neighbor city that, you know, you're still going to have deep, deep roots and friends there. But like you've been at HSS since what, 1980, 78? I mean, of course there was a span
3: where I didn't get to see you grow up, Jay. Of course. and, And Danny Nichols and other people. There was a span there where I grew up and got married and raised kids. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I and know then what I that, come I know what home that mean. and I was like, "Who rips?" Yeah, I saw Jay Southside blew my mind. We don't need to talk about that. Okay, yeah. you're like that guy's not on. A- still, <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I never got to say it to anybody, like to Jay. What I saw that day. Well, you've done
0: it twice today already. Bro. Maybe four. <laughs> I think it's four. But hey, okay. Mark Reader, Mark Speeder Reader. Yeah, you're. One of the reasons why HSS is still a temple of Stoke. Yeah. um. You know, like guys like you and shops like HSS, you know, it's it's what makes surfing cool and authentic. And, you know, why people that listen to a podcast support your local surf shops
1: yeah it's your it's your experience and your knowledge and your you know the way you could carry a conversation and stoke people like linden said but you know most people are they're online and they're checking the latest cool model and they're checking their volume and checking what the pros are writing but then they come in and they talk to somebody that's like knowledgeable has life experience knows what works what doesn't and and is gonna like get them into the a board that's gonna you know stoke them out and that's yeah. I mean that's a super rewarding job, even yeah. though the the money or whatever. And I know you've been on a lot of killer surf trips with the Pie family and HSAs. Thank you, yeah, thank you, yeah. pies, uh, all you take Yeah, this guy's done more trips uh, than, than a pro surfer on tour for two years. Yeah, months. yeah. <laughs> How many times have you been to uh, Tavi Kelly's pool? Oh
3: yeah, oh. that too. No, wow. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot, couple. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, not like Mark Pesch Jr. though. Yeah, of done. <laughs> um, but we did do Tavi. Yeah. Remember, Lyndon, did you go? I never
1: went. Oh.
3: Yeah. We went quite a few years yeah. straight. Yeah. And times are good then. Yeah.
1: But that, you know, that's part of why we're in this, you know. Yeah. It's, it's we work just enough or yeah. enough to go on, on surf, surf trips. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. we want to go travel and go get barrel. Yeah, and Real fast, you want to know
3: how I got the name Speeder? Huh. Re- Tell us. Okay. <laughs> I never had a nickname, but... I was amateur, I won a pro-am at Newport River Jetties. Bob Hurley came down to watch that final, and I had this twin fin, that was real thick and cool, and, and Bob said, how do you go so fast out there? And um, I said, man, this board's sick, it's like perfect, you know, like fast. Yeah. And then he made me a board for free, and it said, Bob Hurley for speeder reader and it just rhymed. Gave it rhymed that. right yeah. speeder reader and he thought I was going fast and so that's where the Instagram handle came from
1: that's epic and we'll, and we'll leave it at that speeder yeah. reader okay. dude thank you so much Mark yeah. thank you guys so, um, so support your local surf shop
0: yep yes we got some surfing
1: sport we got some goodie bags for you we got shade sunscreen yeah that's for you you to take cool. loose towels a little pineapple towel there for you to take cool. yep Look at this! Thank you. What we got? Merch. Oh, you know and I wear it. Look at that. I'm that late night. Jersey. Got this shirt, and look at that. See the little surfboard cross in the back? Yep. We're <laughs> in <Rapping laughs> surfers. We're 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 really doing it, buddy. Uh, yep. Earth Thank Pack. you. Our sponsors. Yep. Earth Pack. Cabler pools and spas. We got endless skateboards. <whistles> this is nice. neonwave.com. Uh, also Colby Plus Colby Plus check them out wetsuits leashes bags bonsai bowl live life in the bowl we got it all yeah peace yeah thank you thank you Lyndon thank you Jay peace Peace. (laughs) bonsai bowls hands down the best bowls period seven locations two in Hawaii five in Southern California bonsai bowls go get some Ashland hard seltzer made from all natural ingredients no sugar zero carbs gluten-free great taste and guilt-free good times Ashland hard seltzer shade sunscreen the best sunscreen for all
0: surfers shade sunscreen it's been around since the sun shade, shade. sunscreen <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather, clearweatherbrand.com. Foo Wax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful riding, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the Core Surf community. Remember, it's
1: not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for
2: our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.